lots of land and the starry skies above. Don't fence me in. Let me ride through the wide open country that I love. Don't fence me in. Let me be by myself in the evening breeze. Listen to the murmur of the cottonwood trees. Send me off forever, but I ask you please. Don't fence me This morning, live from the Discovery Design Studios in back from beautiful, beautiful, gorgeous Italy, where, by the way, we're trying to get the stream up now again, it's the story of our lives, trying to get the stream up, we're right now just on Facebook, and so that's the situation here, and we will get the stream up as soon as we possibly can uh, to 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 get it going on, but yeah, I am. Uh, welcome back to me. Hi, everybody. Good morning. Welcome back, morning. Jamie. Good, good morning. Welcome back to you. Uh, yeah, it's uh, you know the song. Does anybody really know what time it is? You know that song. Oh yeah. Does anybody really care? I, and right now, I do know that in beautiful Italy, it is currently. 25, 6 to 4. Is, let me see what time it is in Italy. Good morning this morning. It is uh, 104. 
in the afternoon in Italy. Must be nice. So yesterday, I, I don't know really how I'm gonna what I'm gonna do with this whole thing, but d- you know, just time wise and just catching up. So I, I went to sleep like at twelve thirty St. Louis time. Got in to St. Louis. All right, the stream is up, everybody. Good morning, this morning. Yeah. Got into St. Louis at about nine forty. Thanks to the wonderful craftsmanship of uh, Delta Airlines. Flying in from Atlanta after a 10-hour plane ride from Rome. And I got to tell you, Delta Airlines, great operation. I was going to say, how, how is it for 10 hours? Uh, it's, oh, it, was, it was fine. I didn't sleep. I couldn't really sleep. It was 10 hours, so we left at about uh, 11.30 or 12 Rome time. Yeah, so, something like that in the, af- in the morning. And 10 hours, no, it wasn't bad. You know, they close the shades down and act like it's nighttime or whatever, but uh, it didn't, it, I don't know. It, was, it wasn't bad. I, I loved it. I flew over there by myself to meet everybody because I wanted to delay it because I had to get some work done here with this and couldn't be gone that long, so I flew from St. Louis to Detroit, Detroit to Paris, Paris to Florence, and boom, I was there, and it was wonderful. It was great. Delta was fantastic. Air France from Paris to Florence was a little iffy. Hmm. I get on this plane, and they're like inviting people into the cockpit and everything else. I'm like, what are you guys doing? Like friends of the gate agents were like suddenly riding in the in the cockpit on the way down to Florence. I'm thinking, what's going on here? That's bizarre. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was like, uh, well, the fact you didn't get sleep on the plane, I, it's not shocking to me because you don't sleep anywhere at any time anyway. Well, so. you know, to tell you the <laughs> truth, that's a little bit why I don't think I really had a whole lot of problem with jet lag necessarily because I really don't sleep a whole lot as it is. And so I kind of, you know, had this, you know, uh, uh, the luxury of having not worried about sleeping anyway so anyway we so i did watch the movie gladiator on the way on the way back i hadn't seen that before and since we had gone to the Colosseum in rome and saw it i thought it was awesome pretty cool to watch movie the movie is a great movie yes it is I can't believe i didn't see that before but really yeah i am it's too a hell of a movie man i also watched wall street I have to watch time. that again because I have not watched that it's in a good. long time. It's a little dated, but it's it's good. Eighty five seems like it's a when you're watching it on a movie, it seems like it's a long, long time ago. Because if I recall, when it came out, they really tried to capture the time of what Wall Street was oh, yeah. like with oh, the yeah. big red power ties and the, <laughs> yeah. the double breasted suit. Yeah, the, but wasn't it done in eighty five though? I think so. Yeah. On the way over there, I watched. I, Tanya. Great movie. A uh, friend of mine's daughter edited that movie. She was nom- nominated for Academy Award for it, for editing. Um, yeah, that was another one. I, yeah, Tanya Harding. Yeah, it was really, really a good one. They I was shocked a- by it. Because I, I, I did not know what to expect of that movie at yeah. all. And the mom, the, Tanya's yeah. mom, oh, yeah, right? Oh, great. Oh, yeah. I think, or Janie, Allison Janney, who I remember from the... Oh, West Wing. West Wing, yes. I also watched uh, the Justice League just for the fun of it. It was fun. 
anyway, it was a great trip. And so we left yesterday from Rome about uh, noon, 1130 or something, and then went through to the through to Atlanta. Got there at about 10 hours later and then took off from Atlanta to and, – and I think it's funny when, when the, the, they're in a hurry – it's like we were boom on the plane, boom up in the air, boom in St. Louis. It's like they sped up. It was fantastic. But Delta is a one hell of an airline, I got to tell you. I love it when pilots have somewhere to be. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and they were great. They were great. Anyway, really, I mean, just the, on down, the whole crew was fantastic. Met some really cool people at the airport. My mother-in-law, Kathy, was wearing a Radio Free Almond shirt, Kathy Felon. And they, they brought us over there. The reason why we were over there is because we – were it's their 50th wedding anniversary and so they decided to give us a present and take us all over to italy that's beautiful so it was great kathy and don felon thank you for that beautiful trip and it was really such a treat went all over the joint you guys saw my facebook lives it was kind of cool to be able to facebook live from from italy you know i have a question about the guy in the meat market that giorgio yeah yeah did you see his twitter page no he's Got some arsenal. Oh, some weapons? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, yes. I'm glad you brought that up because that's one of the things I wanted to talk about regarding Italy. And and as we get into it today, too, I'll get into the whole EU. Who The, the Europeans are now caving on, on most everything as it relates to the trade wars and things like that. The networks just forgot all about it. But in Italy... First of all, the people there are great. I think of all the Western Europeans, I would put Italians probably up there. I think the French are pretty cool to a certain degree. But the Italians are, first of all, tough as hell. They drive fast. And they don't bother each other. It's unbelievable how unmolested you go about your business in in Italy, anywhere in Italy. In fact, if it weren't for the Asians, it'd be fun to be over in Italy as a tourist. My goodness gracious, these people think that the the seas part for them over there. My goodness gracious. I'm not kidding you. It's like that at Sam's in Brentwood, too, though. No, I mean, no, I'm I'm talking about, I'm not, if I never had to see another Asian tourist, that'd be the, that'd be the best. Because these people, they don't queue, they don't care. No. They care nothing about anybody, even your children. They'll run over your children to get in line. They're just, they're just you know. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's unbelievable. Right behind them would be the uh, the Dutch. They're they're pretty bad too. with the a- oh with the Asians. Yeah. Hmm. But anyway, the, but but boy, I'll tell you the. The drivers in Italy, man, they, they are driving fast, and they're, and they're all driving their motorcycles and their cars, and they're doing the roundabouts, and, and they're not bothering each other. There's not a cop on every corner pulling somebody over. It's a, and again, this, this is where I, I want to be careful to, to make sure I don't offend police officers, but I thought to myself, when I saw police officers in Italy, I was thinking this, and, and believe me, it's much easier to be a police officer in Italy than it is in the United States. It's much more diverse. There's much more, many more troublemakers, and we'll get into that because this whole scam at this, uh, at this 
convenience store thing where these two guys have now been charged with assault over that, that howling, crazy woman who's threatening them and everything else. Right. That, what a scam job that is for them to be charged with a crime. Did you see that video? Yes. I mean, that's unbelievable. These guys come all the way over here, and, and I, I see that I can understand the kind of uh, the, the angst that certain blacks in the community have when suddenly it's like someone from a foreign country has a leg up and they have a store there, and I understand the resentment, and we'll get into that too. But anyway, the police are tasked in Italy just with keeping order and keeping the peace, and I, I thought to myself, you know, most police officers probably don't want to uh, don't want to do half the things they're tasked with doing here in the U.S. I mean, the minute we get back to the United States, there's a, there's a police, uh, even on uh, on I-70, uh, on 170, there's a cop on every, every 10, mi- 10 miles. From a different municipality. From just sitting there waiting to bother somebody and, and, and pull them over for speeding. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's so such a waste of law enforcement resources and everything else. But in Italy, people just basically get along. You gotta, you, and, and one of the things in Italy you have to do is you have to conform. You have to behave. It's not all about you in Italy. It's not all about, you know, you, people from Japan. <laughs> it's, it's not all, it's, uh, and that's why it's so shocking to them, I'm sure, that they go there and they're, they're not you know, treated like the king of Siam everywhere they go. But it's like you gotta you gotta conform. You gotta be part of a part of the group. You gotta be you know move in or move out. You, you gotta put your plastic in there and your and your bottles in there, and you gotta say you know you gotta move over when when I mean it's amazing to me pedestrians have the right of way over there, but but they get out of the way too. Okay, so so when you're not in the crosswalk, uh, you, you 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 and you're in the street when a car's coming, you get out of the way. There are very few people who act like, I dare you to hit me, like they do here in the United States. You know, it's like, it's like people just, the, the way people bother each other in the United States is unbelievable to me. Antagonistic. Just, just the, everything. Yeah. You never saw one argument over there in the, in, the, in, in the traffic or anything else. Nobody's cussing people out and flipping people off. And it just is, it's, it's unbelievable. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm not talking the United States down, but, but the problem is what happens is we, we all in Trump nation have to constantly be lifting up this dead weight of the United States citizenry that just don't seem to have to care. And it's all about them all the time. And it's, it's crazy that this super, this, this convenience store thing is a perfect example of that. That, that, that screeching, howling dog wouldn't last 10 seconds in an Italian store. You think, you, think, you think it'd only be two kicks? I mean, believe me. But, but again, people just get along. And, and to my point, when you talked about, about the, uh, the, the, what were you talking about? The, Giorgio? Uh, Giorgio, with the guns. Italians are also pretty resilient people. And they've helped us a lot in both of our wars. There's nothing tougher than these Italian soldiers. And let me tell you something. Around their monuments with the Colosseum and around their places, they got guys standing there, and these guys have the biggest guns you'll ever see in your life. And nobody in the slightest bit is intimidated. You don't have all these idiots out there talking about the militarization of the police. The police are everywhere. Believe me, these guys are out there. They're in their military uniforms. They've got these 
just gigantic guns. I would have taken pictures of them for you, except that I tried to take one, and the guy almost shot me. So that's why I wasn't. He's like, you know, don't take a picture of me. Okay. I'm like, sure, okay. (laughs) Sure thing. No problem. Right. And they stand there, and these guys are at every place they need to be. And and you feel safe. You 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 get this vast impression no one's gonna shoot you up, with the exception of sometimes they uh, create security protocols that put everybody in a group. And if you wanted to blow somebody up, you could do it because they're standing in line to wait for security. But the other thing is that you have to realize too is that because our tour guide pointed this out, I asked her, and she goes, "No." They really want to blow up, like they wanted to get into the forum. You know, mm. if they if they if somebody wants to do something, they'll do something. They'll blow up a, you know, a, a church or a, a a piece of ruin or whatever else. Landmark, landmark. You something name it. to get attention. Yes, but so back to Giorgio, who was a cool guy, and who uh, and again has guns. The people over in Italy like President Trump. That's good, and in an odd kind of way. Some of the young people over there do, and they also happen to like Mussolini still. Now, I'm sure some people will say, oh, that's because Trump must be just like Mussolini. He's a dictator. (laughs) No, keep in mind, Mussolini was – the problem with Mussolini was that Mussolini was an idiot. He was a hapless stooge when he didn't have to be. So Mussolini, on on one hand – Paved some of the ruins, which wasn't a cool thing, but he also paved the streets over there and did. I mean, and I, I had a young cab driver. He couldn't be more than twenty eight, twenty nine years old, thirty years old, who said, who admired Mussolini, and said he did great things for the country. And of course, they're still so they get their health care covered. I mean, they're still kind of they're still socialists over there, but for the most part, though, they admire strength. And they admire resilience, and they admire people who don't take any crap from other people. And for a time, until Mussolini fell into the trap of of falling in love with Hitler, Hitler. Uh, they would have been they would have been fine. But Mussolini and his mistress wound up strung up at a lamppost outside yeah. of Rome somewhere. So. Then later, kicked around as a soccer ball. Yes, his head. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it, so but still, they like the the strength to them is a virtue, and, and a lot of them live their lives that way and, and have to live their lives that way and, and strengthen them as a virtue. So they, they actually uh, – uh, most of the people I talked to – I didn't ha- – well, actually, the people who I engaged in conversations with about Trump, and usually it was because they would ask me about President Trump, uh, would oftentimes like him. They would say they like him. So all, all the conversation, any conversation I had with an Italian about Trump was a positive conversation about Trump. Are the Italians into the weeds as much as we are? Do they understand about the whole swamp and how for decades nothing's gotten done out of D.C. and Washington, D.C. is just this – had been this hapless do-nothing, you know, well, stroke I, each I other party. I think they they don't really see a lot of that. They to to them, Trump is uh, more of a figure to them. They they can they know. Uh, and one thing you do know is is they know. One guy I talked to said the more the, some of the Europeans complain about him, the more they like him. So clearly, they have kind of a swamp over there to a certain degree. They're getting it. Yeah, 
and and so they they kind of have their own swamp over there, and they feel safer with President Trump around. They don't feel like there are people working on other stuff that that's not relevant to them. And I'm I'm, I'm going to get on Facebook and say hi to you guys. I haven't I haven't gotten back on uh, yet to to just kind of uh, greet all of you. But thanks a ton for watching the uh, the. Uh, the Facebook lives. I'm gonna let me get 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 back on here and and uh, and say hi to everybody. So sorry about that. Good morning, this morning. Uh, let me see. Where am I? Uh, Margaret. Oh, I gotta turn this down. Hi, Margaret. Hey, Scott. What's going on? And hi, Julie. And everybody else. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Hi, hey, Tim. What's going on, brother? Hey, Tara Lynn. Thanks a lot for being with us, you guys. And good morning this morning from beautiful Discovery Design Studios. And right behind me, don't forget, Santino Cigars and Cocktails. Get down there in Arnold. This week, I'm going to – well, no, I can't. Let's see. It's already Thursday. Next week, going to go down there. Eventually, we're going to have a happy hour. And, uh, and maybe Friday, I'll pop down there and, and see everybody there, Mike and Shannon and the gang. Yeah. That's a good day. Yeah, it's a good day. Friday's a good day for that. But I, I don't know what time it is. I got. I think I got. I got about five hours of sleep. I know that. So it's. I know it's a uh, little after one. It's one twenty-one in. This is that's this is it's to me it's one twenty-one in the afternoon still on my clock. But I never really had a clock, as Steve Church pointed out. So, so how was the? Uh, you got. You were in France for the World Cup final. Did you notice any? Well, I was actually in. I, I was only in in De Gaulle. Oh, okay, and, and it was Sunday, and the World Cup final hadn't happened yet. Okay, so I, I wasn't. Uh, I know the Italians were not rooting for France to win, <laughs> no, <you weren't. laughs> so I know I know that for a fact. So, uh, by the way, President Trump coming to Granite City Steel today mm-hmm. uh, in the in the wake of the uh, you know announcement, the trade announcement with the European Union, which by the way was summarily ignored by most of the media. I hope you guys know that, the, that Trump's actions and threats worked. Did you know that they worked? Yeah. Did you did, did did you did you notice that they worked? I'll give you an example here. We have the uh, networks who were covering the fact that the chief executive Jean Claude Juncker. And President Trump announced that they were going to be moving forward on the plan to end the trade war. You guys know that's a big announcement, right? Huge. And, and it's because President Trump used the art of war, which, of course, was a little tied into the art of the deal, and did exactly what he wanted to do with the threats. Everybody freaked out about it, said our farmers are all going to starve to death, and that blah, blah, blah is going to this and going to that. And the fact of the matter is – the threats worked, and they always do. And President Trump knows that because he's used it his entire life. And so what did the networks do? When the networks decided they were going to cover everything, listen to this. President tonight under pressure after his own tariffs igniting a trade war, other countries retaliating. It is many American farmers paying the price. You heard from many of them last night right here. Well, tonight the president with a new promise. Reaching out to the European Union, he called them a foe just a week ago. All right. Look at how David Muir characterized what was going on here. Because of their report last night. Right. And that President Trump was groveling and crawling back to the European Union. This is a complete fabrication of how 
this whole thing went down. It was precisely the threats that David Muir and his people talked about. And I knew, when, when, when they were talking about the farmers and Claire McCaskill's, I knew this wasn't going to last long. We knew, we knew it wasn't going to last long. Most of us who voted for President Trump knew that whatever the people were warning about and crowing about and crying about, we knew it wasn't going to happen. The only thing that still might happen is that Harley uh, might still be in the crosshairs, but that's only because Harley has done a terrible job of rejuvenating its brand. It's not, it has nothing to do with tariffs, everything to do with the fact that Harley – hasn't modernized, hasn't kept up with the times, still is sell, selling motorcycles to 70-year-old dudes. And it, you got to – and when they did come out with their awesome street bike, Harley didn't put the money in to advertise it and compete. Right. So, Indian's doing just fine. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Indian. I mean, of all – yeah, exactly. Which is what – how old is that? 100 years old now? At least. At least. And the uh, Evil Knievel jump that was done a couple weeks ago in Vegas was Indian. Yeah. They marketed their ass out of the whole thing. And believe me, let me tell you something else, though, as a, as a great example of this. And, and, and in defense of Harley, all over Italy, people are driving motorcycles, riding motorcycles in and out of track. That's how they get along. They, they, they you know, and, and heaven, if all those motorcycles were cars, <laughs> you'd have double the traffic. So the motorcycles are great, but they're, none of them are Harleys. And the, and the reasons why is because Europe has been taxing the crap out of our stuff while we haven't been the taxing the crap out of their stuff. So in Harley's defense, they've had a harder time breaking into a European market where they could sell the crap out of those street bikes, but they haven't been able to. You know why? Because of tariffs. Not President Trump's tariffs, but Europe's tariffs that are now going to ultimately – perhaps be lightened up thanks to President Trump's threats. So the possibility is maybe if Harley gets its act together on its product, it could start selling more motorcycles over in Italy. There will be more Italians driving Harleys instead of Hondas. That's yeah. the, the, and, but, but the reason why Harleys aren't over, all over the place there is, A, because Harley hasn't come up until recently with a with a decent street bike and marketed correctly but also because the Europeans have been taxing the crap out of our exports that had to stop and you know what it will be stopping okay i'll go back to the the, the story a trade war other countries retaliating it is many american farmers paying the price you heard from many of them last night right here well tonight the president with a new promise Reaching out to the European Union, he called them a foe just a week ago, but late today... They were a foe just a week ago, David, you little punk. They were a foe just a week ago. By the way, I still don't understand what he's doing when he's holding on. Have you seen how he anchors? He, like, holds on to the... He's, he's, hold, he's like, good evening, everybody. You can see how... how do you, what is that? It's like, it's, like, it's like the desk is riding him around the studio. Ah! <laughs> Holding on to this, help me, I'm an anchor. Whoa, whoa. I didn't notice that until oh, now. Now I it's too. These guys, in, in glaring. The reason why, it's like when Brian Williams, who I, I disliked from the very beginning because he had that kind of like furrowed brow of Edward R. Murrow and – Everything else. And, oh, Kathleen Hype, my mother-in-law, is actually on Aww. Facebook right now. Kathy, I was looking for the names of the people you 
introduced Radio Free Almond to at the airport last night. I forgot their names. They're streaming possibly now from Cape Girardeau. And Kathy was wearing her Radio Free Almond shirt, my lovely mother-in-law. And awesome. some woman struck up a conversation with her and said, hey, what, what is that all about? I can't remember her name. I was, I'm sorry. It was like kind of in a fog. But she's from Cape Girardeau. Her husband is uh, from Puerto Rico. And they were just coming in from Puerto Rico, she and her lovely mother-in-law. And they were going to Cape Girardeau. And they were showing us pictures of the, ba- of the babies and their kids. They have six kids. One of them works at a place at a whiskey bar in Central West End. And uh, you I've know heard about, about that place. Yeah. Yeah. His son works there. And I, I had to Kathy. Maybe, maybe Kathy already texted me that. But uh, Kathy, if you, if you give a shout out to him, she might even be on the on. The, I for, just forgot her name, and I'm I'm horrible at this. But no, the anchors. So so it's like Brian Williams used to like you know and and, and, and what an anchor does is so they don't look fat or they they look you know uh, skinnier on TV. They put their hand up on the desk. It's kind of like the when 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 chicks do the uh, what do they call that when they do that. The pose, um, whatever that pose is, it makes you look skinnier when you're doing the with thing. the duck lips. Yeah, but when you some kind of pose, <laughs> I think when you do the uh, uh, oh Carlos and Tamara, thank you, Kathy. See, Kathy's got her got a mind of a steel a memory of like a steel trap, and she's Italian too, which you know what that means, right? So when you're Italian and you're a woman and you have a memory like a steel trap, you don't mess with those people. Nope. You don't mess with an Italian with a memory like an elephant. No. A steel trap mind. Israeli women. I'm right there with Italian women. (laughs) Yep. True. You don't mess with them. Yeah. Military. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And American women, too. American women. Yeah, that's right. Right? I'm just saying. But but anyway, so they tape their, they, they do their little arm thing like this to do a little scenery. So, so the anchor is to make themselves look kind of tough. They sit there with a good evening, and nobody sits at a table like that ever except an anchor. Right. And, and David Muir, if you notice him, here, I'll show you. Did you see it? Did you see what I'm showing you? Here. Own tariffs igniting a trade war, other countries retaliating. There he is. He's it is many at, American he's, farmers paying. He's holding it like it's about to fly off into the, into the sunset. Anyway, let's, 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 Where did it come from? I have no idea, dude. Igniting a trade. Uh, it used to be in the, in the old days, these guys, if you were going to be an anchor, you, we would have seen you like in a war zone or something. Like Brokaw and Rather and those guys, as much as you might not uh, like them now or their political views, they were studs when it came to their reporting. They'd been around the block. Well, There's I, nobody better than Rather when it came to reporting. Somebody at ABC was concerned about it too when Diane Sawyer had a 30-minute special to del- – so everyone could know who David Muir is, and Diane's a here. I here's who I'm passing the torch to, and we're going to spend 30 minutes, yeah, finding out who this guy is. Huh? Yeah, yeah, some guy who <laughs> spent a majority of career doing whatever, but it certainly wasn't standing up. <laughs> anyway, here's uh, here he is. It wasn't it wasn't just ABC or though. Other countries retaliating. It is many American farmers paying the price. You heard from many of them last night, right here. Well, tonight, the president with a new promise, reaching out to the European Union. He called them a foe just a week ago. As they pointed out, they were a foe a week ago. But late today, calling a press conference outside the White House to say they will now work together. ABC's Terry Moran at the White House tonight. Now, keep in mind, they're going to make this all about how 
it was President Trump, how the Europeans and, – and it's weird to have I'm – not, I'm not saying that American journalists need to be propagandists. I'm not saying they need to, to, to just rah-rah the country for no other reason than it's the country. But at the very least, when you're reporting the news and, and being objective about it, the least we can expect as Americans is that you won't automatically take the side of whoever our adversaries are. Use common sense. Right. I, uh, it's insane. I mean, I don't understand why we have to, at this point, listen to our own media cheer for our enemies. And I'm not saying the Europeans are our enemies per se. What I'm saying is, uh, why, why do you have to listen to people cheer for somebody? And, and, and it's not only cheering for them, but it's also totally fabricating what the circumstances of the truth are. So it's one thing that if, if, if the president's wrong or if America's wrong, I get it. But if it's not wrong, why do you make it wrong anyway? I don't get that. But that's, there's, there's this Terry Moran article, uh, story ought to be just, uh, you know, fantastic. Reeling under increasing pressure from American farmers, congressional... Rep- so he's reeling under pressure from American farmers. They have no idea this was the game all along. This was all part of the game plan. Exactly. And you know what? That's why the president didn't talk too much about the American farmers because he knew and, – and they knew too. The only people who, who purposely misrepresented the effect of the American farmers were the politicians who desperately needed the American farmers to be afraid. And those would be people like Claire McCaskill. Those would be people like Republicans who all they care about is getting reelected to their seat and will, will clearly be – looked upon as as heroes for standing up to President Trump over the tariffs, when the reality is this was the game all along. All along. Republicans and nervous Wall Street investors, President Trump suddenly shed his trade warrior persona today and declared a truce with the European Union. He didn't shed his trade warrior persona. In fact, if I had to make an analogy to the gladiator, what he did was he put on his helmet and officially became Maximus. Right. As far as I'm concerned, although Maximus wound up taking off his helmet, what I'm saying is he became he didn't he didn't uh, t- take away his trade warrior status. He basically has installed himself into the trade warrior Hall of Fame. Damn it! And get too much into the weeds on this, Darn but it. somebody in Huckabee's office just calls that reporter up and says, "Look here, pal." Here's reality, and you know it. We need to have a conversation because where in the hell are you coming from? Right, exactly. Hey, Kaysen, listen. Here, let me do me a favor on Facebook. When I have people on Facebook watching the show and listening to the show and engaging, they're supposed to be engaging with the show, not you. So don't have your own show when you're on Facebook. Do you understand what I'm saying? So that people have to respond to your idiocy on Facebook. So, so I'll, I'll, go, I'll, I'll cancel your show here on Radio Free Almond if you're just going to have your own damn show on Facebook while I'm on. So what I'm telling you is I'm not, I'm not saying that you want to not chime in, but don't hold your own court on my Facebook page. All right? I, I busted my ass to get in here. I had, I've had – I'm jet lagged and everything else. I'm here for the people of Radio Free Almond. They're not here for you. So, Kaysen, stop having your own show on my Facebook page. 
You're going to have a chance to have your own show if you, if you, if you behave, and then we'll see how things work out. But don't sit there and engage my people and take their attention away from what I'm saying and my show. People don't like you that much. Don't overplay your hand. I'm telling you. I'm just noticing here on Facebook, everybody having to respond to Mark Kaysen saying treason and blah, blah, blah. And blah. It's, it's like, dude, uh, stop being such an attention whore and, and, and chime in and play with the rest of the gang here. Because if, if you want to have your own show on my Facebook page, why should you have your own show on Radio Free Almond? Maybe that's the answer. Maybe you got to play a little Trump here and just say outright, I'm canceling Mark Kaysen's show altogether. Forget about it. You're not on Radio Free Alban anymore. Tell all your advertisers to go take a hike. I don't need them. I'm afraid to chime in right now. Now to the late development that could mean the U.S. and its... This is NBC. European allies are stepping back from the brink of a trade war. The president announcing a compromise today with the EU, but offer... Keep in mind, by the way, don't take me too seriously, people. I, well, the people who know me know that I'm half serious, half joking. And then we move on. Yes. And that's how I play it because you never know whether I'm serious or I'm joking. It keep, this keeps Casey on his toes. Let's spin the wheel. Spin the wheel of Casey's fate. <laughs> Death or life. Up or down. Just two colors. The, 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 the emperor will speak. To the masses. <laughs> I'm into this glad Red pill, blue pill. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. I, you know, and Mark, come on, man. I'm, I'm like your biggest promoter. Why, why do you go into my Facebook page and start taking everybody's attention away from what the master is saying? <laughs> <laughs> so this is NBC. Okay, people, come on now. Come on, Mark. That's your favorite gonna, network. Listen have, up. I'm drinking more beer. Thank you, Mr. Ford. I'm going to have some more beer. Mm. This is fun. You got me on a roll now. Mark, listen up. NBC, your favorite network, is about to do something. few details. Yet the nation's automakers and some suppliers say they're already feeling the pain from the trade war on another front with China. NBC's Tom Costello with more now and how it could all impact the price you pay. It, it, we're watching like the International News Propaganda Network. They have no idea. So anyway, President Trump is coming to Granite City Steel today to celebrate the fact that he brought the European Union to its knees. No one will report that story that way, and he did. The Europeans are scared. Of it. Remember, by the way, how this, – this is how bad it got. At one point, they were talking about how American whiskey makers – remember that? Like Makers Mark and these guys. Oh, they, they'll, they'll be – uh, it'll be horrible for them, and they will be, you know, and, and, and the corn growers of America will suffer because they're going to slap tariffs on American whiskey. Let me tell you something. Italians, for their part, you can't find an American whiskey. You, maybe you could find a bottle of Jack someplace. They don't drink American whiskey or bourbon in in Italy, you can barely find gin over there. Hmm. And but, I was, believe me, I was looking for it. What about American beer? Oh, American beer, but still. But the, okay. the, the Italian beer is really good beer, though, yeah, by the way. Is. But they, the, uh, so, so they, they don't traditionally serve 
a lot of these liquors that generally you can buy anywhere here. They do have gin. They do like like a Gordon's gin. I did have a couple of good gins. I had a Birmingham, a thing called a Birmingham gin over there. The problem is one of the reasons that is because they don't they don't use a whole lot of ice over there. You can't find a whole lot of ice in Europe. Hmm. They don't keep things cold over there, which is why you don't generally buy meat that hasn't been cured necessarily. Like so they a, just encourage you to down it. Yeah, generally, it's yeah. Not- like Giorgio, uh, the Carpaccio Giorgio gave me was it was raw, but it was excellent. Italian beef, and it was kept in a cool area there. But for the most part, you don't really generally buy meat raw there because they just don't keep anything cold. And, and so, but okay. But anyway, the bottom line is, no one drinks whiskey in Italy. No one drinks bourbon over there. Anything else? You can find Jack, but they only have that on hand for Americans. I got my father-in-law. I think a. Um, I think I got him a Maker's Mark over there. But the story was such a complete fabrication initially about how American whiskeys were going to suffer. And they even went to the point of, of, of saying that corn growers who grow the corn to make the whiskey, blah, 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 uh, they, they were going to suffer too until the reality dawned on them that makers, markets, um, we don't export a whole lot of whiskey. I mean you, you no. go to the airport. Like I, I was in the airport in Paris. Uh, and in uh, and in let's see in Paris when I got onto the flight to to Florence, okay, Paris where they have all the duty free stuff and they have all the the, the things over there uh, where you can buy everything over there and I, you couldn't find a whiskey to save your life. In fact, I tried to. And I bought. Come on. I bought these. Not looking at them. Oh, like monkey, monkey shoulder and bells. I bought these at the duty free thing, thinking they were whiskeys. What are they? They're scotches, which is technically a whiskey, but they do they do they do drink scotch over there. But the bourbons and all that kind of stuff. So these uh, these keep making it through customs. No, through, through my uh, oh. bag check all the bag time. Bag check. I don't know how that, that happened, but they kept making. I guess there was more. You gonna drink one? You can just take I, drink one right, right here have, and there, aren't you? I just have to say, well, we'll see. Anyway, these these things, but but you can't find American whiskey over there. So that's the that's the that's the bottom line with it. So anyway, President Trump coming to uh, to Granite City, and Matt earlier told me this this is a tech. This is why I, the R- Riverfront Times is is dying just by looking at it. Uh, I will tell you a couple of things. First of all. Uh, JB, who owns Gaslight, are you from Granite City too, man? Okay, uh, JB Anderson, who owns Gaslight, where we're doing all of our work here, and who, it's a great operation here on the hill. And he's we're building a new studio, and we're doing all the stuff that's going to make Radio Three Almond Two Point reality by the end of August. Uh, he's from Granite City, and you know who else is from Granite City? Nine Killer Phil Valencia is from Granite City. A lot, a lot of there are a lot of good. People from Granite City, who who you all know from Granite City. So, Matt, what exactly can – can you come in here just a second, buddy? Because I – what exactly – because, Matt, I came in this morning and, and Matt was like, yeah, you should have seen the headline in the RFT, which I didn't see, by the way. Uh, so I wanted to get you quoted exactly. Yeah, so yeah. Here, I'll pull it up and 
just give it right off the page. Uh, it's unbelievable. And this is why River, they, they, they don't get it. They insulted and, – and, and, and some of the best, like, you know, local hipsters are from Granite City. I wouldn't call – I don't know whether JB would be appreciate being called a hipster, but – Where did it go here? It was uh, – this week, something will smell worse than the mill in Granite City. Unbelievable. I mean, it's it's, and then that's President Trump. Of course, they're speaking about President Trump. Worse than the mill in Granite City. Keep in mind, by the way, if you do meet somebody from Granite City, the uh, I, you know, uh, uh, Margaret, I don't know, Nine Killer Phil kind of disappeared because he was last time I saw him, he was going to Nashville, so he's been working on some music. So I haven't been bothering him because I felt like I was annoying him because i was like hey man what's going and he was in nashville working on some new album he gave me a new uh one of his cds so i think he's he's focusing on music right now so i guess he'll resurface at some point i don't you know when, when you, you know once you stop talking to me i i mean i'll talk to you but if you're busy i'm not gonna bother you you know what I mean? i'll note that <laughs> I'm gonna bother your ass all the time. No, I just I, I just felt like he was he he was uh, involved. Anyway, believe me, Granite City people don't appreciate having their city talked down to, especially by these dirtbags, yeah. these meth heads over at the RFT. Now go send your account executive over to their businesses and bars and ask them to. Advertise. Yeah, I mean, Granite City. I mean, it's it's kind of like a Granite City. There's just a lot of people you're going to know from Granite City. So it was really RFT. They're just arrogant asses. I'm sorry. They're just arrogant. Yeah, yeah. Just remember, mean. The RFT could very well be known as the RFA by the time I'm done with them eventually. So just just keep keep that as maybe something that's coming down the pike for all yeah. of you. But uh, Amy points out, yeah, the gross smell in Granite City smells like money to those hardworking mill workers. Uh, absolutely they do. Uh, they, they, those mill workers, and, and he created five, upwards of 500 more jobs because the steel industry is benefiting for the balance of trade. These are. Th- this is not a trade war. This is an attempt to right the ship when it comes to the trade situation. Like I told you with Harley, there's a reason why there aren't Harley motorcycles all over Italy, even though they drive motorcycles all over Italy and Paris and beyond. It's because, first of all, Harley hasn't adjusted to the times. Secondly, with, with, with more modernized motorcycles. But, you know, one of the reasons why they haven't adjusted is because there's – they figured there was no use. They had. They figured they had a niche market, you know, with the older, bigger, you know, Harley riders, right? The, the older ones and the bigger cycles. And what's the use of creating a street bike that you you can't afford to sell over in Italy because of European tariffs, European Union tariffs on it, right? I, and and that's the problem. So it's not only because Harley hasn't developed a more modern machine that they've marketed properly, it's because they've been shut out of the market over there in Europe too because of tariffs. So maybe this will help. Maybe you'll see Harley develop more of a sleeker street bike. They did have one. It was really a good one, really nice looking bike. But, you know, they they, they were – the competition here in, in the U.S. was tough for them. And they didn't. Mar- they don't have. They don't have a really good marketing scheme. They don't have a really good business focus 
because they haven't they haven't adjusted with the times to adjust their brand with the times and because of tariffs. And so keep in mind, it's imbalanced. And so President Trump, when he threatened the trade war, this wound up being good and will wind up being good for the farmer. The farmer now is going to have a better playing field when it comes to their exports, soybeans and beyond. And Harley's going to have a better even playing field when it comes to its exports because the Europeans aren't going to be taxing at the rate they've been taxing now. And that's because President Trump threatened them. Very easy to figure out. Right. It's not because of Tom Costello's reporting? I, yeah, I'm, right. I'm, I mean, it's unbelievable, but we're, you just saw the, the examples of that. So we'll, uh, we'll follow up on that and, and get you uh, caught up on the present schedule today. I think it's going to be a fairly closed event. It's not going to be a rally. It's going to be something where he's going to be at Granite City Steel, and we'll, they're going to kind of – he's going to have the steel workers there. It's going to be a very – I think a closed event. I talked to uh, Annette Reed and some of the other folks who were involved in uh, Make America First Missouri, and they were even like wondering whether they were going to even have access to the event, whatever. But he will be at Lambert at some point today. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what the time schedule, but I'll get a hold of it there. And uh, hey, Beth, good morning to you. Hey, Vicky, how you doing? Uh, and. Mark, I didn't tell you to go away. You can still chime in. I just didn't, you know. You know. Now he's like, oh, I won't talk at all then. I still I love you. Anything then? But I still love you, Jamie. I'm just going to not say anything then. Just keep quiet. Everybody's going, Mark, come back. See, yeah, I know how these people are. I get you. All right. I'm. I got. I came home to this story about these two guys charged with assault. And because this is Facebook and because this is uh, stream radio, this uh, we have an advantage here because you actually can hear what the woman's saying. Right. See, the news media right now, the, the story I, I've been seeing is that these two foreigners went off on this poor little Rosa Parks black woman at their convenience store and just wound up kicking this poor little peasant woman. And it's like, no, that wasn't the case. So when we come back, I'll play you, I'll play you the entirety of the audio. Now it is uh dirty. It has some very graphic language to it. And but you're gonna hear it, because you're not gonna hear I, I I didn't see any of the full television reports on this, but you're going to hear the full thing and see whether or not you think – now, I don't know. I, I, I don't believe – I believe there's a better way than going out and just kicking somebody. I mean I don't think that's but, – but the woman was threatening them and plus these are guys who worked their ass off, came from a foreign country, worked their ass off to get this store going and, and to hell if they're going to have somebody uh, – you know, disrupt their business and stand outside their business howling like a like a banshee. I'm sorry, it's just like you know, it's like a, not going to put up with it. Look, look what happens when these uh, hood rats pop into like a Korean grocer or something or Korean store. They have a gun in their hand, and next thing they know, there's a Korean with a stick jumping over the the, the counter, hitting them with the stick, and, and they run out. I mean. Believe me, these people have fought for their businesses and will continue to fight for their businesses, and I don't blame them a lick. But here's the one thing, though, that I think this draws attention to. 
and that and that is this weird thing going on in the black community where you do have these stores popping up there, but they're not run by blacks. They're run by people from a foreign country. And so you can imagine that there is a level of tension among some black people when they see their their neighborhood store run by somebody from a foreign country. And they're like, well, how did they like come from a foreign country? And here I am. Thank you, Democrats. Thank you, Democrats. And, and this is a teaching moment for the black community to tell them why this is happening and why they don't compete on a level playing field with an Asian marketeer or a Middle Eastern marketeer. So that's, that's a bigger discussion to have and something we all need to talk about because this is precisely what I've been telling you about and why President Trump is going to be helping these inner city communities by reformulating community banks and, and, and everything else. So I understand the angst on the part of blacks when they are in a situation where they're watching all their grocery stores or their corner stores run by somebody who just pops in, parachutes in from a foreign country. But that's a mechanism of our political system. That's a mechanism of a Republican and Democrat two-party system that has left black people behind. That is until President Trump came along. And I'll be able to explain that further. Also, Jimmy Carafano on the way. Also, did you see my little uh, – did you see my uh, little announcement that Judge Napolitano is going to be back on the show on a regular basis? Pretty cool. Good. Radio Free Almond live from the Discovery Design Studios. Corn makes whiskey. Just so you know, and they don't sell whiskey in Italy. My daddy spent his life looking up at the sky. He cussed, kicked the dust, saying, son, it's way too dry. The clouds up in the city, the weatherman complains. But where I come from, rain is a good thing. All right, folks. Yes, indeed. Good morning this morning. Uh, yes, indeed. Back from beautiful Italy. Thank you to my mother and father-in-law, Don and Kathy Pellon. Happy 50th anniversary. Able to celebrate Kathy's birthday last Friday, which was a blast. And if that's not enough that Kathy Pellon has done for me, she was wearing her Radio Free Almond shirt at the airport. We were sitting there in Atlanta. Strikes up a conversation with somebody, Tamara and Carlos, 
who are from Cape Girardeau, Missouri, have six kids. One of them works here at a whiskey bar there in uh, Central West End. I'm going to go in and say hi to him. And they uh, now are turned on to Radio Free Almond. So Tamara was like, wow, somebody really? I mean, we could, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead right. and uh, check it out. So she spread it all around. She's on the phone, on the Facebook page now. Hi, Tamara. Hi, Carlos. And they were in Puerto Rico. Carlos is from Puerto Rico, so they were just down in Puerto Rico. Said everything's actually coming back from its from that hurricane. Although they Good. were explaining a couple things that were interesting. One is that uh, they the prices of rebuilding materials, everything down there, is skyrocketed. So there are clearly people who are uh, who are who are gouging the system over there. Although Tamara pointed out to Andrea that one of the things that is cool about Target, for instance, like other people like Walmart, um, I think does the same thing. But I, I couldn't tell what I didn't. I was busy with the kid doing stuff. And so, I, so, But I, I did hear about Target and that they're shipping stuff. They're able to order online from Target and have it shipped down to Puerto Rico. Well, the the problem with the other places is that they don't do that. So there's a there's a market down there for other goods that is basically cornered by people who are gouging the Puerto Ricans down there. All kinds of home goods. So if anybody wants to rebuild like a Home Depot, you know, they won't ship stuff down there. No. But Target will. And I think Walmart does too. I, I can't remember what, uh, what what exactly the story was uh, with that situation. I'm going to see if I can. Let me let me just uh, see if I can get Jimmy Carafano here and ask him what um, what's up. Uh, he I said eight Eastern, right? And he didn't get back to me on that. So I guess what I'll do is uh, I guess what I'll do is maybe what should I do? Should I just go ahead and I mean, you want to you want to? I promised you guys I'd get to this this thing with this grocery store. Yeah. I'll get to that, and uh, let me just let me. You know what I'll do here, real quickly. I'll go ahead and and call him real quick. This would be fun. And see what's up here. What's up? What's up? Let's prank him. I love that commercial. I'm sorry. I'm so eighties. Let me see. Ding little town. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Hold on, people. Gee whiz. Leave me alone. Two. I was just watching oh, television, a new two. television show, and they referenced that old Budweiser, What's Up? Yeah. What was it was I a watching? good ad. It was great. I just want to make sure I get Jimmy on before we get to this grocery store thing, because I'm, I'm taking the side of the, uh, the, the grocers, the kicking grocers. And, and I don't know. I saw the video, and I'm basing it on what I see in the video, and the police are only charging them because uh, they're uh, – because, because they're – uh, the kick, the, hit. the pressure. Yeah, they, they they want the sh- they want the store completely shut down. Now this is said though by uh, with with though the sympathy for the overall question of why do inner city neighborhoods have only foreign grocers in them and no blacks own stores? And maybe the blacks ought to be asking themselves that question. And maybe the blacks ought to be asking the politician. That question, instead of taking all their angst out on the people who are running the stores, now you're starting something, Jamie. Because they're just taking they're just taking advantage of 
the system as it's built by Democrats and Republicans, okay, that have shut out the American worker, have shut out American ingenuity, have shut out small business growth in this country, and have shut out small community banks. And President Trump is the one who's fixing all of this. So maybe the blacks ought to say, huh, I wonder why this is occurring instead of just going ahead and blaming the people who are running the stores. Right? Right. Right. Hang on, let me just see if I can get Jimmy here. Your call has been forwarded to an automatic voice message okay, well, that's, system. Okay, well, I got every answer I need to know there. So I, he'll, he'll, he'll text me back a number. I'll, I'll text him here. You guys, this is kind of just on the fly. So I just want to make sure I got this out of the way. Uh, and uh, let me just send me a number. Blah, blah, blah. He got back to me at like uh, I don't want to put 4.30 this morning. talking about the Democratic Party. I don't want to put Joe Vaccaro on the spot. But the poor guy has no real explanation as to why we should reelect or vote. Look at his explanations as to why we should vote for other Democrats. Because they've all been around so long. Yeah. Read Joe Ficaro's Facebook, people, and you'll see. He, he has no real reason why we should vote for his friends, the poor guy. Isn't Joe Vaccaro um, one of the good guys? Yes. Okay. And you can read this here. Uh, you know what? Okay. Uh, well, Claire, she has served well. She should continue. Wow. That is a real reason to reelect her. Yeah. Old washed up Democrat dinosaurs. Poor, poor Joe has. All right, so here's the story. Two men charged Wednesday with assaulting a woman at a St. Louis gas station a day after a video of the incident drew protesters to the business. By the way, how did this video draw protesters to the business as opposed to protesters to the woman's house? Right. Be- because here's the deal you're going to hear, you're going to see this, and you're going to see the stories on this, but you're not going to hear the whole video, are you? The men, Jihad Motan and Ahmed Kwandil, were charged with fourth-degree assault, a misdemeanor. Fourth-degree assault is basically like spitting on somebody. I didn't know there was a fourth. <laughs> I didn't either. They had, they had to come up with one. Right. All right, let's see. What are we going to do here? Lida, what do you think we ought to do? Um, I don't know. Is there a degree? Because the blacks are angry. <laughs> and we don't want a bunch of black people angry. I can't, no. I can't tolerate it anymore. They'll be at my house. I'll have red paint on my house again. So they, uh, the woman, uh, they're kicking the woman after asking her to leave from where she was standing in front of the gas mart. Oh, yeah, she was just standing there in front of the gas mart. Yeah, she's a, vir- she's a virtual Rosa Parks right there in front of the gas mart there on, on Del Mar. By the way, God love these guys for actually, actually even holding up shop there. They must have the biggest guns imaginable and behind that counter. Uh, in the video, two men can be seen and heard telling Kelly Adams to leave. One kicks her to the ground, and both men go inside the store. Huh. So that's how simple they said this goes, right? Keep in mind, uh, this, is, this is the story you're getting in the video, right, from the post page. In the video, two men can be seen and heard Tuesday telling Kelly Adams to leave. One kicks her to the ground, and both men go inside the store. A few seconds later, the other man comes out, and the dispute continues. This is called being called a dispute, by the way. No mention of the violent, nasty, guttural language of the woman. No mention at all. But you see the tape, right? 
and, and 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 you're able to actually experience what what they're actually saying here on the tape. Here, let me just let me let me get. I had it up for a second there. Let me just do 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 do. This is um, the language. You you want to hear it? And keep in mind, this is Yay. extremely graphic, right? Cool. It, it's um, hold on. It's extremely gra- graphic. It's this woman cussing up a storm. You're going to hear a lot of f bombs and things like that. But this mm. is streaming radio, and this is Facebook. And yet, are you going to hear this from anybody else? And this, and keep in mind. People can show post this video on Facebook and with a straight face to act as if say face act as if the woman is the the next Rosa Parks. Here. I want you to. I ain't scared of you, bitch. Punk ass nigga. You better take your punk ass in the store. You better take your punk ass in the store while you got a job. Oh, I Yeah, this is this is the dispute, right? Yeah, this is this is the woman being just simply accosted by two Middle Easterners, right? She's just standing out there. Blue Cadillac, girl. That motherfucker's sick. You got to bring your dirty ass out here too, ho, and go home, bitch. Take. Bring your dirty ass out here and go home. What do you think that's a reference to? Biatch, right? Dirty. Middle Easterners, obviously, and go home to your country, right? Now, that's a little xenophobe, isn't it, out there in front of the uh, gas mart? Jamie, she's just standing oh, out there. Oh, my God. That's some fucked up shit, dude. Do that. Why do you kick her? Like Keep in mind, these are people who are, who are, by the way, videotaping this instead of actually telling the woman, hey, you know what? You're disrupting this local store. Uh, you might want to get out of here because you have no business standing on somebody's private property, screeching at the top of your lungs. After you were kicked out of the score, out of the area, you're causing trouble. But instead, they, 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 they pull the world star treatment on her. World star! You know, that kind of thing? Right. Where they just t- these people just take their video cameras out instead of actually helping anybody or getting involved. They just take their video cameras out. You could be, They'll watch people getting beaten to a pulp in front of them. That in itself is an act of aggression. It's being antagonistic, and it's egging her on. They know what they're doing. That's why I'm going to bust you. 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 That's why I'm there. That 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 that's. That, why didn't the post dispatch do a little uh, when they 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 had the tape because they're the ones that led me to the tape. I clicked on the tape from their story. Why didn't they just simply give me a transcript of the story? Well, you know why they didn't give you a transcript of of, of what happened out there. Because a transcript would not have portrayed the woman as innocently as she's coming across in their article. Now, again, do I think the response ought to be to to, to go out and kick somebody because of their behavior? No. But the bottom line is we don't know what happened before all this happened. We don't know what kind of threat she made to them beforehand. We know when the video started. But but the, here's the reality. 
there are there is not only one guilty side here. There are two guilty sides here, and the Post-Dispatch and the other news media are deciding not to tell you what the situation is. Now, to another uh, degree here, though, I agree with the community's problem with are – we, are, we, are we on Facebook still? Are we, are we going? Okay, Facebook yeah. is not right. Okay. They- um, on the other hand, I agree – with the black community's angst over this seemingly odd disparity that is happening in their communities. And this has been happening for a long, long time, my friends. This has been happening for years. I'll give you an example. When the uh, war started with the uh, uh, Croats and the, um, and the Serbian, the, the, the war, you go war, when that started, we received a bunch of refugees in 1990-91, I believe. Southwest Bank set up an entirely separate wing dedicated to loaning money to refugees. The, the Serbian refugees and the, and the other folks who were coming over here, the Croatian refugees. They set up an entire wing Strictly designed to help these people borrow money. At the time that story came, and of course this was no offense to the people who these refugees, but at the time I was noticing that that was odd because it, I was thinking to myself, how many poor blacks in the inner cities of St. Louis would love a separate wing set up for them? Because these people, by the way, these refugees came over here with nothing, so they don't have a credit rating, right? But they were, but the, but the banks opened the door to them, and in fact, helped them. By the way, ultimately save the Bevo area by loaning them money to start businesses and do all this kind of stuff. Because they didn't bring money with them, not not a lot of them did, at least. And so they set up these businesses and that kind of thing, ultimately saving that the area, Bevo Mill area, yeah, and rightly so. So at the time, I wanted to do a story about this, and I was wanted to do a story on Channel 4, and they were afraid of me doing the story because it would exacerbate tensions. It would create tension between the black community and these new refugees. And they didn't want me to do that story about how there were blacks concerned about this right in front of their very eyes, watching people bend over backwards to accommodate and house and even for that matter, enrich people who weren't even born here. And there are the blacks sitting there still waiting for help from Lacey Clay, you know? And, and, and so I understand their angst over all this and, and what's been happening. And what you know what's been happening is that the economic policies of Democrats and Republicans, specifically Democrats, is all geared towards handing out, not handing up. And so all they've done throughout their entire history, the history that Joe Vaccaro just released there, the Claire <laughs> McCaskills and the Lacey Clays and the, these folks, all they've done throughout their history is stick a pacifier in the mouths of the black community and tell them to shut up, suck, and go vote. Here, suck on that for a while. I'll see you around election time. And that's what they've been doing to the black community for decades now. And the reason why you don't have blacks 
running grocery stores and convenience stores in their own neighborhoods is because they haven't had access to the kinds of economic tools that these other people do. And the reason why they don't have access to the economic tools these other people do is because our government hasn't paved the way for them to do so. One of the great examples of that would be the demise of the community bank. Now, Southwest Bank was a community bank, but believe me, the other ones have all gone by the wayside. You remember when when President Trump was in Detroit and he was in Detroit with the – uh, ben Carson, who's from Detroit. And people were all wondering what he was doing and what was this all about in the inner cities. And then there were all these uh, black leaders condemning President Trump and saying, oh, you don't really mean it. You're not – you're a racist and you're this and this and this. And here he was in Detroit. Tell, and, and you know, remember the famous line that he told, uh, uh, told the black community? He goes, um, what else are you going to do or where, where, what else you got going for you? Remember that? Right. And it was seen as so disparaging. But it's so true because blacks can no longer rely on their elected politicians to make it easier for them to borrow money or start their own businesses or that kind of thing. That's precisely why you have Asians and Koreans who are Asians, but you know what I'm saying, or Middle Easterners running gas stations and gas marts and convenience stores in inner cities. And, and, and instead of going to a convenience store run by a couple of Middle Easterners and deciding you're going to demand that it be closed down, why don't you demand that your politicians be closed down? What are you doing? And by the way, why would a, why would a group of blacks want a grocery store that is convenient to them, paying taxes? Why would they want it shut down? They, 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 don't want it, they don't want it to exist anymore. They want it closed down completely. I guess what is it going to become a memorial or like an, another African-American museum? Is that what it's going to be? A bunch of pictures, you know, uh, busts of Harriet Tubman? Is that what you want? You want to take the Barack Obama approach? You're going to burn it down? You know, what, what are you going to do? And, and, and that's because it's all misdirected, and it's also because you have your Democratic politicians. Where are they in all this? They're standing by. Where's your left-wing red sheets like the Post-Dispatch? Where are they? They're lying about the circumstance surrounding this. what happened here. And because of the story, even though they did put a link to the video, if you care to look at it, uh, they still didn't in their – recitation of the story they didn't even tell you what was going on the writer of that story clearly did not watch the video <laughs> well i bet you the writer did watch the video steve I know, and the editors yeah. said don't bother with that just tell the story of these of ahmed running out and kicking poor rosa parks who was just standing there yeah i mean once again folks uh i i agree with the angst that the black community has about about how uneven the situation seems to be. It's no accident that people who have parachuted in here from a foreign country oftentimes can't even speak the English language are running grocery stores right in front of their faces. And it's not the Asian's fault. 
And it's not the Middle Easterners' fault. It's not the Indians' fault. It's the fault of the U.S. government not creating an economic situation where these kinds of things can happen for everybody. Not creating an America where the America dream is possible for everybody. And again, I'm not one of these socialists. I'm not one of these people saying that America creates jobs and creates an economy. America helps people by getting out of the way. And, and this hasn't facilitated any progress regarding our economic policies here, which is why when President Trump went to Detroit and told the black people there what else she got going, he was absolutely right. He was begging them to reconsider their addiction to voting for Democrats again and keeping them in power. Barack Obama did nothing for black people. I remember Pascal, who's a good guy, but Pascal's like, we asked him, you know, what, what, what did Barack Obama do? Well, he, got, he was the first black elected president. I'm like, okay, that's his accomplishment for blacks? Because to, to my knowledge, that hasn't helped blacks one bit. They're still assassinating each other by the dozens every weekend in Chicago. And again, uh, Steve Church, you pointed out really uh, the, that great point about Joe Vaccaro. Uh, and Joe Vaccaro is actually, interestingly enough, one of the good guys. Absolutely. One of the more sensible guys in the city of St. Louis. And yet even he falls into the trap of telling us why we need to vote for Claire. And they're not good explanation. They're clearly not good explanation. Oh, vote for Will. Uh, Lacey Clay. Do you still have it up? You re- read you know, me the read me the, uh, the, the the one with Lacey Clay. It's just it's very telling that Joe really has no good reason why you should vote for his buddies, long term business associates, perhaps. Okay. Um. So he's a list. He goes. I would appreciate your support for the following candidates on August seventh. Claire for U.S. Senate. She has served well and should continue in office. That's why. Um, By the uh, way, Facebook has no limitation on your words or your, or your letters. Lacey Clay. He has many years of experience. <laughs> yeah. Again, this is on Facebook where you can actually print, you can actually write 100 pages if you wanted to on this. Jacob Hummel for State Center. He has the experience we need. Oh, I mean, it's, it's so pathetic. And these poor people in these inner cities who've been so ill-served by these so-called progressive black policies, it's just unbelievable. Margaret points out that she says that the, uh, the, uh, the, the work ethic of uh, the foreign worker is amazing. And, and, and it is. It's, it's absolutely true that it completely is. But the fact of the matter is if you look at a guy like Henry Davis – or look at other people that you've seen Henry Davis talk to or blacks that we've talked to or black people you know. Do they have a less of a work ethic than a foreign worker? No. They just don't have the opportunity to show it in many cases. And, I mean, there are whites just as lazy as there are blacks. I mean, there are people all over the place who don't want to work for – I'll tell you one thing. You go over to Italy or a place like that, people definitely uh, – people are definitely – ingenious when it comes to coming up with ways to make some extra cash. My attorney's son is going to Australia. Uh, work pro. He just graduated from college. You know what Australia told him? You got one year. One year, pal. 
get a job you're going in your first month if you're not you're out and by the way at the end of the year thanks for visiting you're out <laughs> that's the way to do it yeah uh that's the way to do it and, and again the, the i i feel bad for these inner city blacks who are frustrated but their frustration is misdirected and 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 misguided it ought to be the politicians that are making it impossible for anybody but them to create a business and possible for them to sit there and watch businesses created right under their nose. Now, I'm not saying a black person ought to be given a convenience store just because it's a black community. I'm not saying that. But keep in mind there are a lot of different restrictions that are facing uh, the the black inner city person. And there's there's just very little development. Uh, the housing stock, the schools, all those things are deteriorated, and it's not because of the blacks. It's it's because of the politicians who haven't created policies that are keeping the economy stronger there. And President Trump, again, I'll go back to his policies where he wants to resurge the community bank. He wants to bring mad mad manufacturing. Now we're never going to have another carbur carburetor up in North St. Louis. This is not going to happen. No, and you're not going to make the Camaro in North St. Louis anymore. I I understand that we, we, we don't we don't use carburetors anymore. But the fact of the matter is, there are opportunities available. Henry Davis, when he was in earlier, told us about all the ways that people uh, people from the inner city he's talking to are now suddenly finding themselves employed. So this this economy is growing. It's it's got to be from the ground up and organic. And by the way, speaking of that, before we get to real quickly, uh, Virginia Cruda, who was a local uh, activist here and a friend of mine, a good good person, wound up being actually mentioned by Stephen Colbert on his show and called out. And this is where Stephen Colbert declared that God is a socialist. This is from a guy who apparently has knows nothing about the Bible and and what it says, but he claims to. Good Catholic boy. Yeah, what were you going to say? Sarcasm. What were you going to say? You have a conversation with any black or anyone that lives in North County, North City. They know. You talk to them, Jamie, directly. They repeat and acknowledge and agree with what you say. But something gets disconnected come election time. Well, they're threatened. And because they're there, I think there's there's this code among them that believes that if you don't have a Democrat in office, you're not going to get all the goods. But if they have a beer with you, they're sitting down with you, they're eating yeah. lunch, they agree with you 100%. They want a paycheck more than anything. And a, and a paycheck over a handout for any American is preferable. And so there's, there's this idea that there's a whole slew of individuals who are just waiting for a handout. Maybe that is true, but I think if you really talk to them, they, they've been told that they're better off with a handout by their Democrats. And they, they've been told they deserve this and they're owed this and all this kind of thing. But apparently they're owed everything but a chance to survive on their own. And that's and that's the biggest problem we have. When we come back, we'll talk about Colbert and also by the way Jim Carafano being with us in just a little bit. Back from Italy where two twenty three PM my my Italian time. Two twenty three. You're going to go back, aren't you? 
Cinque Terre, I'll go back. It's a beautiful seaport town. Or an island town. Cinque Terre is five different ports, little villages along the Ligurian Sea there, okay. Mediterranean. And it's absolutely beautiful. I mean, any place you can go in these little villages, like go into a little pop into a little store before we went on a hike, you know, through the little mountains. Up there. Beautiful coast, beaches, but kind of more rustic and rugged. I'd walk into a place and I'd be able to get uh, white anchovies just put into a little plastic bowl for me. I'd be on the street eating white anchovies, baby. Something worked out for me. White anchovies and maybe a little spot of wine. A little Italian beer. I'll be going back. They definitely want to go back there. Rome is beautiful, too. Italy's a great, great country. Great people. I know people give me a little bit of an argument, but I think of all the Western Europeans, I think Italians are probably the superior ones. Just telling you. Look at the neighborhood we're in right now. Right. That's right. We're on the hill. Yeah. Gaslight. We're in the Discovery Design Studio. Down the street from Joe Garagiola's house. We'll talk about Mattress King coming up in just a little bit. Don't forget about Santino Cigars and Cocktails. Also, by the way, speaking of lenders, I'm proud to announce that Golden Oak Lending is going to be one of the new sponsors of the Radio Free Almond nice. Show. Golden Oak, like, they're, like a, like, they're like, the, like the gold standard when it comes to mortgage services and things. Great name. Well, it kind of is. Yeah. Because I was almost like, when I was talking to them, I was like, more than anything, I, I want to be kind of associated with your name. And I want you to be associated with my name. Uh, because that's how we roll. That's how it works. It's, it's why, for instance, I was so honored to be part of the Tracy Ellis, Tracy and Rick Ellis, Rick and Tracy Ellis real estate team. Because now I'm a referrer. I'll give you the number in just a little bit. You can call me. And this is how hapless I am. I had my little. I have a new phone, a separate phone with a separate line. It's a Samsung for the, just for my real estate referral thing. Oh, I can't find the charger anywhere, so it's dead. It's my life. <laughs> I'm gonna buy a Samsung charger just to. I think it's the mini port, pretty generic. No, it's not. Oh, I tried it. No, the iPhone oh. ports don't work in there, dude. No, I mean the Samsung. You can get it. They're available. It's I know they're drug available. Drug stores everywhere. I just didn't have, didn't have one when I needed it. Available at Best Buy, Dolgens, and Woolworths. Dolgens. <laughs> used to buy mood rings for my girlfriends at Dolgens. Right there in Clayton. The greatest catalog to go through to tell Santa what you want for Christmas was Dolgens catalog. It was just the best. But I digress. You go by the Sears catalog and say, Mommy, give me a give me a house. <laughs> All right. All right. Jimmy, uh, let me just see. Jim Carafano just said, shoot, I didn't see this. He was sleeping. He texted me like 4.30 this morning. Hang on a second here. I did too. I know you did. I, I, t- I got five hours of sleep, though. I'm good. I'm, I'm pretty much got five hours. I, I was up almost 24 hours, but then I got five hours of sleep. So I was fine. All I need is five hours of sleep. I don't know what day it is, but I, I um, you know, I, I'm, I got five hours of sleep. 
Director Matt found the uh, RFT uh, headline. Oh. Confirmed their beautiful pro GC. The Midwest is getting stuck with Donald Trump all week, as if Granite City didn't smell bad enough already. Yeah, so you he, you even said at first Matt thought they were talking about the mill, but now it's now it's determined they're actually talking about the entirety of Granite City. Yeah. What does the RFT not understand about who reads the RFT and the people it serves and everything else? And I gave you a great example of that. J.B. Anderson, who runs Gaslight, this is like the mecca for local musicians uh, in town. This is, we're in the studio where they record, where people pop in. When they go to LuFest, they come through here and do all, do all the little shows and things like that. And outside is the bar, and you guys have seen all that. And they, they do uh, – this is like the mecca. This is the mo- one of the most well-known, reputable music venues in town in terms of when it comes to recording and everything else. And, Studio sessions, it's remarkable. And JB's from Granite City. And, and by the way, the RFT will claim in its whole thing that – all it does is cater to like local musicians and things. It has all the concerts and all the things at the Duck Club and all the bars and things like that. And it turns out, actually, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if that's actually a direct shot at JB, actually, from the RFT. Because the RFT, they're, the, the meth heads over there at the RFT are so hell-bent. They and the, the, goes, the, the folks over at KDHX... They're so hell-bent on settling scores with people, they forget where they are, which is why what they did to me is going to cost them so dearly, because they just didn't think before they wrote, and they didn't think before they type. It's kind of what happens when you're too busy banging for people for checks and doing meth. Right. So, but, but, the, but the reality is, they, JB tells us, really, the entirety of the music community hates the RFT. And the bars. Yeah. They, and the, they yeah. hate the RFT. So I don't even know, how, how does the RFT still exist? I mean, because I know Sauce Magazine is like just, just roll, rolling them over. My guess is that publications like LA Weekly is basically subsidizing RFT's existence. So LA Weekly's own same group. They also own RFT. LA Weekly probably does better and... So RFT gets to hang on LA Weekly's dime. That's just my. That has opinion. to be it because 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 otherwise, if if you if you're in a if you're a publication that where where you where your one niche despises you, how do you survive? Like I, like I don't understand how how you possibly can survive as a publication. Where, where I, I know they used to have back page, so they so prostitution helped them for a little while. There, feds knocked that out. But 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 otherwise, I, I'm not quite sure how the, how they think that this is going to work for them. And and so you got people like that. And then I also talked to, about earlier our buddy Phil Valencia, who has been uh, tied up with his um, with his work lately. Because you guys were wondering where the hell he's been. I, I actually don't know where he's been. Because last time I saw you, he was going down to Nashville to do his recordings. But um, I don't know. Who knows? You never know when you just – people just don't like you anymore. The editor of the RFT and you were on the same page with Greitens two months prior to all that. They're garbage. 
but he's from he Phil is uh, Nine Killers from Granite City too, and he's yeah. he's got the the band, and these guys are avid performers around St. Louis. They're a small local band, Ian Jesse and the guys, and 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 uh, they're from Granite City. So how how is it the RFT sits there and could say Granite City smells? Believe me, would Granite City ever say that? Oh, uh, Wellston smells. Nope. No. Would Granite City ever say that uh, Walnut Park smells? Nope. 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 Maybe Dupo. No, not no. even Dupo. But, but well, they wouldn't do <laughs> Dupo because there are white people there, right? Okay. So as long as so, so these are the same people, by the way, that the uh, the the grant the, the, uh, the RFT meth heads, the left wing meth heads over there, have something in common with the guys over at the National Review. These so-called Republicans and conservatives at the National Review who hate the white American blue-collar worker. They despise them. Uh, this guy, uh, Williamson, over at National Review said that uh, white blue-collar America, these towns deserve to die because they, they have zero love at all. So not only do they hate black people – these Republicans and Democrats and left wingers, because they just want to, they treat them just like a voting box, like, like they're, they're turning them into slaves all over again. But they also hate white people. So I, so I don't know who these people like. They just assume they're white, too. That's. Oh, yeah. Well, and believe yeah. me, there are black people. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying that in yeah. their mind, the whole idea of a mill. Drives him crazy. The whole idea of some guy driving a pickup truck in Granite City NASCAR who, who might dad. own a gun uh, or whatever and lives in Granite City and works in a mill, he must be an enemy of the state. Remember that term? I think it was in 2012 they kept using to disparage the right. NASCAR dad. The, the, uh, the, 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 the deplorables. That's what they are. Hold on, Jimmy. He's got to be quick now. Jim Carafano. Jim Carafano, you're a lovely man. Thank you so much. I know you're on a tight schedule now, but I appreciate sure, you, brother. No How you doing? Sorry about that. Well, no, I felt like I felt like you for the past seven days or ten days or so. I was running all over Italy. I felt like, oh, this is Jim Carafano, world traveler, and yeah. uh, you know, I've, I I love. I don't know what about you, but I, I actually do love transatlantic travel. To tell you the truth. I don't know about the travel, but I love Italy. It's a great country, and the people are terrific. Boy, they really they're pro-Trump there. Okay, it's interesting. Now, Jim and I have not had any conversation at all before today. And, Jim, I said the same exact thing in talking to the people over there. And a lot of it has to do – because whenever we had a conversation about Trump, they were a little cautious talking to me because they probably figured I was an American and maybe hated him or whatever. But I, <laughs> I usually we'd, they'd say, what do you think about Trump? I go, what do you think about him? They go, we kind of like him. I go, well, you know what? I voted for him. I campaigned for him. I did everything else. And part of it too is because they have – they live their lives. They have the same kind of attitude like President Trump. People in Italy, it's amazing how they just get – the job done, whether it be driving around, which they drive around fast and everything else, but they leave each other alone. They and, and as long as everybody stays in their lane, so to speak, and cooperates, right. they're a strong, right. great country. Yeah, so it's interesting. So there's a lot of commonality um, because of kind of the populist movement or the popular movement in Italy and kind of the kind of thing Trump stands for, you know, too much government, too much bureaucracy, too much tape, too many taxes. Um, concerns about 
immigration, um, concerns about not wanting their their lives run by people in Brussels and Berlin, um, all very kind of much to what average Americans feel. You know, conversely, on foreign policy, um, the the average Italian kind of, you know, for example, doesn't really see Russia as a problem because they're far away from that. But interestingly, the, the Italy's got a kind of unique form of government where the president appoints all the ministers, and it's not exactly tied to the parliament. So the parliament definitely kind of domestically reflects the interests of the people. And then the, the president actually um, uh, picked ministers, particularly foreign defense ministers, that actually are, are much more kind of very close to what our, our um, foreign and defense policies are. So it's weird things that um, the Italian people kind of line up politically with America and, you know, kind of official American foreign defense policy that the government lines up, you know, well with things. So actually, Italy's a, a good good partner for the U.S. Yeah, and, you know, they're, they're relatively, although people look at, uh, you know, the Roman ruins there and that kind of thing and think that the nation of Italy is an ancient country, but they're young themselves to a certain degree, uh, maybe, what, 150, 160 years old as an actual nation, Correct. Um, well, yeah, you know, but it's interesting. It's, it's you could argue there, you know, there was uh, there was an Italian nation long before there was an Italy, because even though you had kind of this very divided political entity, um, you had little tiny states, and you know, parts of it controlled by Spain, and parts of it controlled by um, France, and you know, everybody else, Austro-Hungarians. But um, there always is a sense of identity. Of uh, that we're all Italians. Uh, yes. They're all Italians. So there, I mean, there was a there was an Italian people long before there was an Italian nation state. I guess what I'm saying. When I was doing the, some of the Facebook lives from there, because I was in, uh, in <laughs> I, I, I did, I did. It was it was great, man. I flew into Paris, Paris, then went, uh, then flew from Paris to Florence, and I didn't, I didn't enjoy the fact that the Air France people were letting people sit in the cockpit with them, which was a little bit odd to me. But nonetheless, I made, I made it to Florence, and, uh, and it was beautiful there. And one of the things that, that I talked about is a conversation I had uh, uh, regarding Italian pride and nationalism. And, and they are very nationalistic. They actually, a couple of the young people, and I don't want to get too far into the weeds here because I don't want to disparage them. What they were saying is they actually appreciated to a certain degree what Mussolini did until he actually got enamored with the Hitler thing, and then that right. didn't yeah. go south. But right. some of them still appreciate it. But one of the things about Italians is they're very, very proud of their country. And I got into a discussion with him about the Europe, the Euro. And, and, and because I'm, I, I collect coins, I collect stamps, and my, my grandparents used to be world travelers back in the old 40s, 50s, and everything else, and they always bring me back all these coins. And one of the things I learned is that countries – one of the ways in which they express their national pride is usually in their currency or their coinage or their stamps. And when the euro came along, that was the one thing Italians – I know it's kind of a small, petty thing for some people. But for them, when they had to go – when they had to lose their – when they wound up spend, having their coinage and everything else dictated by the European Union, they didn't like that. Yeah, It's really interesting. So, you know, to kind of make the bigger point here is I, I had very similar experiences to you. I was just in um, Croatia and, and Kosovo, but um, despite all the, the press and the screaming and the yelling, the, many Europeans are just like many Americans. You know, we just, we love our countries. We just want to go to work. 
you know, get government out of our lives. Um, so the notion that Europeans hate Trump or Europeans hate Americans, well, some do, but there are a lot that don't. There are a lot that are kind of just like us. And, um, you know, we, for all this kind of yelling and screaming that we saw after Helsinki and everything else, I mean, look at the spate of things that have happened in the last um, just 48 hours that talk about American attitudes towards Europe. Um, president had really good trade talks with the EU president. Um, I actually said, look, our goal here is we should work to zero tariffs, which is great. Um, the U.S. reaffirmed that we do not recognize Crimea as part of Russia. We, we just gave another $200 million to Ukraine to help it defend itself. Um, but they, they actually pushed off the, 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 the Russian next meeting with the Russian president until next year. Lots of, lots of things happened just in the last, where Americans really said, look, we are partners. We, we get that. And, and, and I think about these initiatives, and obviously they are post-Helsinki designed to clean up for a lot of the confusion and, and everything from Helsinki. But, but what's important about all these different policy statements is they're not changes in U.S. policy. They're the reaffirmation of U.S. policy. And America and Europe are partners, but, but they're partners in the sense that you and I just talked about. We're not partners with some unelected bureaucrat in Brussels. We are partner with people in Europe who, by and large, share our vision that we ought to live in a world that's peaceful and safe and prosperous and free. Yeah. You know, what's interesting, too, Jim, and I think you notice this, and and I don't think it's any surprise to you, that Europeans are a lot tougher than they're given credit for. I I think there's this this notion that Europeans are just, you know, a bunch of – cappuccino, espresso drinking, kind of this and that. Right. But, man, you go over there and the Italians, in my experience, I've been in Paris before and noticed the same thing, but uh, they, they're, pretty, they're pretty tough. I can't, I, don't really, I can't really put my finger on it, but, but they're not a, whole lot of, not a whole lot of whiners over there. People, are, people yeah. walk with a purpose, yeah. drive with a purpose, eat with a purpose, work with a purpose. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Hey, you know, I, I got to run to I hope that the people that are listening don't lose sight of this thing is, is, you know, the reason why people love Americans is because in, in many ways they see in us what, what they want in their own selves, you know, run their own community, live their own lives. Um, you know, we shouldn't be afraid of engaging with the world. We have lots of friends. And, and the reason why I have lots of friends is because they admire who we are mm-hmm. and we need to stop disparaging ourselves and, and, and downgrading and damaging ourselves about who we are. and, we need to stop listening to the haters, right? People yeah. need to do, I'm sure everybody would love to do like you did. <laughs> go on vacation to Florence. But, you know, you go out and see the world and, and you learn two things. You know, the world loves us. And the other thing you learn is, is you know, we're a people that's worthy to be loved. Yeah, and and you really don't even don't have to be on vacation. You can, you can actually see, you know, that's why it's good to go to places like Rome or one of the bigger cities and see how people operate because you're not kind of in resort land and where everybody's. But this is right. But really, honestly, though, it's it's a. It, but you can get that even just on the internet with that by ignoring the news media. And I think there's a certain level, and I'll, and I'll let you go here. But but I do think that I could see this sometimes when President Trump travels. Uh, and meets with the European leaders. There's this, even the French uh, guy, he seems to kind of have this kind of, this admiration of President Trump because he's not an American leader they've seen 
in a long time, uh, perhaps even since Bush, maybe even since Reagan. And so I think they they appreciate that to a certain degree and admire that, as you point out. And so I'm I'm glad you pointed out because I felt the same way. I definitely felt like they definitely did uh, do like Americans, respect Americans, admire Americans because they are a lot like Americans. So like that. All right, right. brother. Okay, man. All right. Good talking to you. Thanks for the time. All right, buddy. That's uh, Jimmy Carafano from from Helsinki. You know, I uh, I, – it's funny. We didn't brief each other at all about this whole thing, but it's the thing you instantly notice. Yeah. And let me tell you something else, and I'm I'm not putting down disparaging America here, but uh, they don't take any crap over there from anybody. And I noticed that the, that the people that were the most disruptive in Italy, when there was any disruption at all, and there were very few of them, but any time I ever saw the police dealing with somebody, they were from Northern Africa. Just saying. So, so and I'm not saying the, I'm not. It's not about blacks. It's about immigrants. The right. people, the people they're having problems with over there are people who just. Popped out of nowhere there. You know what Italy said when uh, the World Cup championship was won? Italy said, congratulations to South Africa on winning the World Cup. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> because all the players. I know. Yeah. Yeah. But, but so what I'm saying is, and, and you go to the airports there, and you, 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 what, you go to any, anything that is remotely possibly attractive to a terrorist, they have gigantic guns and they have a huge presence. And you know what? We were at the, the P in, in Pisa or we were at the Coliseum or whatever else. And these guys stand out there and there are two of them. They have gigantic guns and they have their, uh, they have, they're ready to shoot them at all times. So, you know, their finger like normally would be not on the trigger because you all know who as, as gun owners, you never put hold your gun with your finger on the trigger, but it's right there. It's over the over the 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 trigger cover, and they uh, stand there. Your your Siri's talking to me, so she can she's telling me about triggers. But they stand they stand there. There are two of them usually at the same time, and they stand there. And they're and basically within a moment's notice, you can tell they're ready just to unload. And and unfortunately, in some of our areas of America, the United States, we wouldn't want that. We wouldn't want to have that in our midst uh, because because you know, hell, you had you in Ferguson, you had these police officers who were having bottles and rocks thrown at them, and so they're in a former military. MRAP or a Humvee, and all a hell breaks loose. Right. The overmilitarization of the police, and suddenly it's like everybody's complaining. It's like, believe me, try this kind of crap in. Uh, you, by the way, you're not going to have anybody burning down somebody else's store in Italy. I'll tell you that. No, never. And and and, and by the way, this one woman standing outside uh, the Middle Eastern grocer. She wouldn't last long screaming and cussing and threatening people outside of her place either. Try that in Italy. 
I mean, I'm just saying it's it's that they wouldn't last ten seconds. They're pretty balls to the wall on that. Now, keep in mind, obviously, the examples of security haven't been so great in France, uh, where yeah. But I did see a guy who had a shirt that had a uh, looked like it was an M5 on it, or maybe even a uh, it was some kind of semi-automatic rifle on his T-shirt. And it was keep Paris safe. He was wearing that around. Hmm. I like it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I was like, I was like, wow, that's that's pretty interesting for you to be wearing around Italy, yeah. by the way. But nonetheless, they don't take any crap over there. Love it. I, like we're going back talking to the black community in, in North St. Louis or Italy. It's comforting to hear you say that we we it's a we we all want the same thing, right? We you quit listening to this media garbage bullcrap yeah, and, and we might be able to get somewhere yeah and and also you're right because because we, we talk about uh, the needs of black people it's like what how is it any different than the needs of white people and, and maybe maybe if democrats and republicans considered everybody to be having the same desires and hopes and dreams uh, we'd have more black convenience stores in North St. Louis instead of them trying to, you know, uh, kind of uh, just do the do the handout instead of the hand up. Here's also we were in two cabs. Where were we going? Uh, to the oh, we were going to see the Pope, and I saw the Pope on Sunday speak from his window. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty cool in St. Peter's Square. We're staying there. We just make it through security. And we and there he is at his window. It's pretty crazy to be right there, underneath the Pope at his window. And and I, and believe me, I know some people disagree with uh, the Pope and his stances. But I was I was telling folks uh, and and saying uh, to to Andrea and everybody else, I said, you know, um, I think as much as people might have issues with the Pope or whatever, the reality is they uh, the media spins a lot. Of what he says to what they want exactly because you notice that when he there it was third hand or second hand what he said about gays uh, and it was like oh look he approves it and and, and again I, I I have I'm fairly liberal on that subject as it is anyway but then when, remember when he talked about how abortion is like the Holocaust how that was like oh never mind. Like they, right. the, the, you know, the, the left wing media and everybody else the Pope Pope Francis wasn't so popular after all they just simply ignored everything he said about killing the unborn right it's pretty pretty interesting in, in in that sense but anyway we were on our way to uh see the pope and so we had to have two cabs and so we 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 leave the coliseum and decide we're going to pell-mell to see the pope because for his noon address and it's and it's noon it's not 1201 or twelve oh two, not forty five minutes of worship. No, it's, in a band. It no. is. It is. It is <laughs> noon. He's at the window. He gives you his homily, uh, talks about things, and shout out to some of the people who were there in the square, who were groups coming in groups, and then it's done. But it's it's not twelve oh two. You're not late, and so uh, we decided to leave the whole coliseum and the and the and the forum in there, and then hop into a couple of cabs. And then it turns out, though, the cab I'm in doesn't take credit. No. And then I don't have any euros with me. I ran out of euros. 
and the other car has all the euros with my Andrea and my sister in law in it. And so we're following each other, and the guy, the cab driver, and this is all fine. He wasn't mad or anything, but you could tell he didn't want to risk any idea of me not having any euros. So he didn't want to lose the other driver. So right in the middle of Rome, he tells the driver to pull over uh, alongside some, I don't know, we're on some bridge or something. And, and uh, he, Andrea hands, has to hand me 100 euro. He makes the change. I get 50, they get 50. And he makes damn sure he's got his euros. And, you know, everything was done pleasantly. Everything was done, you know, completely. He didn't get mad or he wasn't being a jerk. He was just like, I'm getting my money. We're right. going to pull over in the middle of Rome and we're going to take these, we're going to make the exchange side by side with these cabs. That's going to happen. But that's how these guys operate. And, and normally, that's just the way it goes. And you know what? If they don't take credit too damn bad, you got to have something else. Hear that, Mark? Just address the problem. Just deal with it and move on, Mark. There was no, there was no problem. There was no nothing. It was like I know how we're, we're going to do. Right. We're going to just wave the guy over, pull him over, take the euro, make the change, boom, boom, boom. And he made sure he had his money. Good nope. for him. Right. It was. It was. Like a, it was a good, great event. And uh, also went to the oh, I mean that whole area there is beautiful. Uh, and and seeing the Pope. Then we went to. We did go ultimately and do the whole Vatican tour. And, you know, you really, dude, you really going to, why are you, I don't know where this guy was from, but he wasn't from Italy. Uh, and I couldn't tell. Wearing a Che Guevara t-shirt, the Vatican. Attention seeker. I like, why are you doing that? Just. I, that's like in the U.S., these guys wearing these Che Guevara t-shirts. Yeah. You guys know who Che Guevara was, right? Like he's a complete, total murderer, dirtbag. But he's wearing the Vatican there. All right, let me get to uh, Stephen Colbert. So uh, Virginia Cruda, who was a great person, I'm going to get her on the air eventually because I reached out to her last night. I didn't get home until late. uh, So, I mean, I wasn't even preparing the show until 11 or so. And so I I, uh, had to – and by that time, it was already basically 6 o'clock in the morning. My time, time, essentially. But I did get a chance to get some sleep, so don't, I'm not worried about that. But uh, Virginia Cruda was, uh, went to the, uh, the rally for this uh, Cori Bush. She's a congressional candidate, and she's uh, running for Congress in the 2nd District. And this chick that, that – that, Cation says is the future of the Democratic Party, who is uh, this um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who's just another empty suit, but Democrats don't have anybody else unless they have like a 90-year-old Nancy Pelosi or a Bernie Sanders. They just have to come up with somebody who they can put lipstick on the pig and – Right. Parade her around, and this is you know. I'm not calling her. You're a not pig. calling her a pig. I'm though. not calling her a pig. The party was, you're calling the Democratic Party. Yeah, right. Exactly. I'm just uh, well. Clarification. No, I'm just saying they have their new little bright spot. They, these people know nothing about this Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. They know nothing about her, uh, but they figured she won that race. They didn't even know about her before she won the race up there in New York. So she unseated a, a lazy old white Democrat. Uh, who thought he had it all made and thought all the, you know, I'm sure he went to the black church and sang, you know, uh, Amazing Grace 
one Sunday and thought, he, oh, I got this this vote locked in. Is he as good as Stainer as Steve Stainer? <laughs> yeah, no. Oh. Actually, Stinger, I played that for people. He was pretty darn He Stinger. is a good singer. I remember him back how in the he, day. Where the hell did he learn he how to sing. sing? He always been able to sing. Really? Yeah, we've I always tell him we need to get a band together. Yeah. And play oh, who's we? Steve and I and Oh, okay. Yeah, we play at Harry's and Helen Fitzgerald's and stuff like that, <laughs> like he used to do. He used to do that. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Steve Church and Steve Stanger, the two Steves. <laughs> oh, we'd be a big hit. Oh, the two Steves. Yeah. An evening with the two Steves. Drums and vocals. Two Steves. That's all the, you need. An evening at the bistro with the two Steves. Take it away, gents. <laughs> Be sure oh. to tip your bartenders and waitresses here. Thank you for coming to Bar Napoli. So they had the uh, they, they had Cortez Cortez in town to speak with uh, for uh, Corey Bush, and apparently Mark Hasten texted me. Hold on a second here. Let me get this together, Mark. Well, I, I, if, if I decide to reinstate his show, <laughs> um, and after his after I suspended it this morning. For bad behavior. <laughs> I'm just joking with you, Steve. Uh, to, to Mark, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me just get Mark's. Okay, Mark says, uh, let's see, lots of stories we're talking about right now. I have Ocasio-Cortez booked for at 8 a.m. Friday with Corey Bush coming into the studio. Are you saying here, you mean? You mean into the Radio Free Alma studio, or is your show starting already, Mark? I, don't, I didn't know that. I think it was for your show. He says something to me about that as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, good. This will be good to talk to her then. On, on, you, you, really, Mark? On my show? Because I'm I'm okay yeah. with that. I'm cool. Uh, but I just Ocasio Cortez. We'll see. Anyway, she's she's just one of these. She's like she's a like a Barack Obama. They they just you know found their little. Uh, yes, we can. They found a little totem. They, they they found their 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 Coke bottle they could all worship, and Ocasio Cortez just happens to be that this time around. Ford with Cortez. So yeah. So anyway, Virginia Cruda was there. She went to the rally, and uh, Virginia is a longtime conservative activist and great person, a uh, lovely woman, and is uh, one of the original Tea Party group folks. And so she attended a rally for Cory Bush. And Ocasio-Cortez spoke at the rally. And uh, Colbert talked about the article that she wrote for the Daily Caller on the matter. And listen to, though, what, how Cor- Colbert describes Frequent her. viewers of The Late Show know that a couple of weeks ago, we had on Democratic congressional candidate Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She is... Listen to this. The applause Woo! sign is on. They've never heard of her until she defeated this guy. They, she, they had never... Have, have, had you ever heard of Ocasio-Cortez's name before she won that election? Because here's how the Democrats operate, even the minorities operate, is that's why you have people like – you have 
people like Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi and all these old white liberal dinosaurs running the program there is because all the minorities are more than happy to let the white dinosaurs run the program. You understand that, right? I mean, as long as they're getting what they want, they're more than happy to have master controlling the liberal party. That, that, that's what this is all about. How else do you think that a person like Nancy Pelosi or Chuck Schumer could have been in power as long as they have been in power without any minorities coming out of the woodwork? Because the Democratic Party, that's how they treat minorities. Minorities are useful only as a voting block to them. Minorities are not to be included in any leadership positions. And so they're more than happy to have the plantation operators like Pelosi and Schumer operate things. And they just stand by the wayside as long as they get their little crumbs here and there and they get their little fiefdoms taken care of. So uh, white Democrats and white liberals like Stephen Colbert and others were more than happy to have this old white dinosaur up there in New York who was supposed to ultimately take over the House minority leadership position from Nancy Pelosi or maybe even the House speaker position if Democrats – if, if monkeys flew out of our rear ends and Democrats took over the House, uh, they would possibly – he would be the House speaker. So, But they were more than happy to have this old white dinosaur be bequeathed the, the seat again until Ocasio-Cortez comes along. Because believe me, Colbert had never heard of her before she won this race. Nope. And, and, and they're all – listen to the way they all cheer. They'd never heard of this woman. They act like they – Ocasio-Cortez. She is – Oh, yeah, that's the woman you're telling us is the future of the Democratic Party, right? Even though we know nothing about her. her. She is a self-described Democratic Socialist, and she defeated one of the most established members of the Democratic Party, New York Congressman and that baby doll head spider from the first Toy Story, Joe Crowley. (laughs) She's clearly a rising star of the Democratic Party, whipping up rallies for candidates across. But again, Colbert and the gang, they were more than happy with Joe Crowley and Yes, they were. In the House, Country. believe me. Well, Saturday, funny, but yeah. she was in St. Louis to stump for Democratic congressional candidate Cori Bush. And the rally was attended by a conservative columnist named Virginia Cruda. And what she saw shocked her to her core. She says, when Ocasio-Cortez spoke, I saw something truly terrifying. I saw just how easy it would be to fall for the populist lines they were shouting from that stage. I saw how easy it would be as a parent to accept the idea that my children deserve health care and education. Now, of course, we all know what Virginia meant by that, that basically there's this idea among Democrats and socialists that the every individual is owed health care and education sponsored by the government. That's exactly what they're talking about here. And that's exactly what Virginia is talking about here and was clearly stating. And what she was also stating was that she understands why people, when given that opportunity by the government, two things, by the way, health care and education that are not enumerated in any way, shape, or form uh, in the Constitution or by the federal government in any way, shape, or form – Uh, or even part of the enumerated powers of the federal government in terms of funding and everything else, because we all know what those enumerated powers are, but they don't include education and health care. Anyway, she's just simply pointing out how easy it is. So Colbert decides she's going to smear Virginia 
and try to describe her as some kind of horrible person and for that matter uh, maybe even a, 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 a horrible mother. And so here's what uh, – here's how it goes. Yes. Yes, it's – it's every parent's worst nightmare, that, that late-night phone call. A voice saying, your college-educated child has just seen a doctor and she's going to be all right. No! Damn. Yeah, poor Cole. How this guy has deteriorated. The joke didn't go over so well either. Well, they were trying. People to be there. First I crashed that rally, then I hacked into Zappos using only my credit card. Now he goes on to say something that I think is important for us to discuss. There but for the grace of God go I. You know that God's a socialist, right? (laughs) Jesus didn't charge the lepers a copay. Look, I... That's where you need to have a broader discussion about the basic, well... We talked about social justice and one of the biggest divides, for instance, in the Catholic Church, where I happen to be, is the idea of what social justice is and who is the one, who is the entity that secures social justice. And there is a group of individuals in the Catholic Church who believe that the government secures social justice and therefore they can excuse voting for abortionists, baby killers, and other individuals who do not respect life as long as those individuals are handing out paychecks. But those are people in the Catholic Church and religious people in general, and Colbert, who is Catholic, but totally has no idea what uh, uh, Teach a Man to Fish is all about or any of the teachings of Christ that uh, I, I would dare say are far from being socialistic. Uh, in fact, the whole idea of teaching a man to fish is entirely asocialistic. It, it, it goes completely against, because otherwise Jesus would have said, give a man a fish, right? Right. But Jesus' teachings didn't say give a man a fish, correct? Correct. <laughs> You're like... I- don't ask me. No, I <laughs> I agree. But 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 wasn't that isn't that the point though? Is is that is that Jesus was far from a uh, a handout guy, and in fact he he was a person who challenged people more than anything else in terms of his teaching. He challenged people to do better and be better and to stand up. He went into the temple and turned over the tables and 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 defied the money changers and wanted people to be and that wasn't a socialistic move on his part that was a that was a move in which he was basically draining the swamp tell you the truth and putting the power back in the hands of the people right faith and works faith and works and works with faith not one or without the other socialism just have faith and someone will come and give it to you. Have faith in a Democratic Party. We'll just give you what you want. Right. I don't understand where where uh, I mean the joke is funny about Jesus never had a copay, but I but I don't understand. G, but Jesus uh, wasn't in a situation where yes he came, but you had to you had to come to him first of all. You had to make the effort, the work. Yes, 
and, and and so it wasn't a matter of just handing things out, but the, but but the teaching a man to fish is the most important part of all this, and that's where we're where where when he says God was a socialist, it's that's just out of it's like saying God is a Republican. It's like I, even I wouldn't agree with that. Actually, God said free will. That's against socialism. I mean, that's completely yeah. free will. Yeah, socialism is not free will. So hoping to get Virginia on the show at some point, and then we'll be able to uh, we'll be able to figure that out and and get to the bottom of that. But that's another per- that's another way in which she just was very uh, just held out to dry, and it was uh, just too bad. By the way, did you see this movie, Steve? Uh, the the new Godzilla movie is coming out. No, and it's going to be coming out in. Um, there's got a there's an event there in Comic Con. Oh, I love – I've been to Comic-Con in San Diego. Yeah, it's yeah. great. Do people dress up as other people in uh, Comic-Con? There's, there's some freaks there. Well, yeah, but I mean – There's a freak show. But, but, it's, but, it, but, but Comic-Con like is a, is a pretty big industry thing. I mean it's, not, it's, it's not like some kind of like – people aren't dressing – it's not a brony convention. No, it, it's become a film festival in itself like Godzilla using that as a platform to – to launch the movie. Well, there's a uh, trailer out now and uh, for Aquaman and Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Aquaman's going to battle Godzilla? Yeah. Because cool. Godzilla can swim, too. That's right. I remember Ultraman beating up Godzilla. Yeah, kid. me too. <laughs> Ultraman was great. Ultraman! He is up in the sky. Yeah, I think it's see him come from the sky. Oh, is it? See him come from the sky. Ultraman. Let's see. Let's see if we can find it. I'll, I'll prove. I, I'll, I got Ultraman. Uh, I used to come home and watch Ultraman. Let me see. Ultraman. There was Ultraman. And what was the other one? What was the other Japanese crazy thing? Oh, Johnny Sacco. Johnny Sacco. Yeah. I don't, uh, J- Johnny Sacco was kind of like ghetto compared to Ultraman. Ultraman was... Especially late 60s TV. They had 39 episodes, the original Ultraman. And thank you, Ted Coppler and Barry Baker, for playing the hell out of those in the 70s. Hold on, let me see, let me see if you can find it here before I. Now I'm, I was on to something here. Now, now I got to get to this yeah, real quickly because you brought it up. What's <laughs> mm-hmm. that? Some. Yeah. Yeah, there it is. It's, 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 I need to. I need. I need the real. I need the real. I know which one. It's... The real Ultraman theme song. Go, go back to the top. Is that it? No. That's see. They, they, see. They modernized him. You can't do that. I'm trying to find the real here, original. Here. Put original. Yeah. Thank Ultraman. you. Hold on. See now. I'm going to talk about this big thing with Godzilla, but now I'm all the Ultraman. Johnny Sucko here. Original. Okay, here English. Okay, here we go. Thank you, Stephen. Very nice producer. This is gonna be great. God, it was so weird too because they had that. They had those turning circles there that looked Uh, like paint, kind of paint. (laughs) Yeah, that's probably what they did too.
Jay. comes from the sky yes awesome my my part of it has to be part of it actually is it's more disturbing that i knew that and less disturbing that you didn't know that i and the reason why that is is because i have (laughs) once again uh put myself in the uh in the commercial television savant hall of fame i'm the chauncey gardener of 60s, 70s And also, when I was watching this, I was three, four years old, and all I knew was, I thought it said, Ultraman. That's right, you're younger than I am. (laughs) My poor dad. So I was watching Ultraman. It was my favorite show. And so my dad would take me everywhere, and and especially police headquarters on every other Thursday to get the paycheck. So everybody come up, oh, is this your boy? And and, and what do I do? I go, And I went, wanted, all I did was attack them, thought I was Ultraman. And they're like, oh, what a nice boy you have. Is it a billion miles away? Three miles away from something, Planet 7. That's a long way away. They could have gotten away with a million miles away, but they just had to add billion, didn't billion. they? Billion. Japanese did. Yes. You, you, let's make it long. Let's look even farther away. Right. You could have just said a million. <laughs> you could have said a hundred miles away. It would have been fine. Now, this is a time, too, I'd sit there and eat now and laters or have some bubs, daddy, after school. Yeah, and then uh, be sitting there watching this. I think I think Lost in Space came after that. Ultraman. Now, by the way, uh, Japanese people, <laughs> just because you came up with Ultraman does not give you the right to butt in line at the Vatican, <laughs> which apparently they think they think it does. <laughs> and you know how they talk to me when I said, "Don't butt in line." They talk to me. They'd move their mouth, but it would come out in English. <laughs> but we created Ultraman. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't you heard of Godzilla? <laughs> no, I mean, uh, yeah, that was a that's a reference to earlier. Yes, uh, is that it's not right? It's not like it's not wrong to say that, right? You're is just it? stating what happened. Yeah, you're just stating something that happened. You're yes. using facts and telling a story about what happened. And it's not just it's not just like it's not Asian people per se, but specifically people from Japan uh, and China. Japan's the worst, really. Oh, they 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 are they are they have no desire whatsoever to cooperate in any fashion, whether it be. In lines or in when you're paying or whatever it happens to be, they have, they have no desire to be part of any kind of uh, system or whatever. They believe they're, 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 like, they're like the entitled people of the world when they're traveling around. It's really – I mean it's, it's, it's very obvious when you're in these places like that. It's, 
Crazy. Hmm. Aye. I said, well, never mind. There's a movie on Netflix you should check out about the Japanese mob right after World War II. The, and the gentleman that stars in it, he's also a lead singer of a couple of bands. I think I know the what you're talking about. Great yeah. movie and fascinating of what was going on in Japan directly after the war and how the mob was taken over. Yeah. Or did, really. No, they're, they're, they're um, yeah, no. I don't they were to... rude and mean then. Yeah. Yeah. They, they were, ask, ask. Maybe they're bitter. Ask Jamie. any World War II veteran yeah. what it was like to be fighting them. Yeah. I'm not, I'm, I'm, but again, I'm not, I really don't want to be, I don't, I don't know, I don't know whether that's race, I don't know whether that's, so, somebody will find a way to couch that as some well, horrible just thing. But, something that happened to you. Um, but yeah. I My just, best friend in grade school, uh, Japanese, and his dad was a student yeah, in no, Marshu. And, some, of my, some of my best friends are Filipino. They never behave the way that these people no. were behaving. So I'm just saying, I'm telling you, it was, it was, it was, it was very obvious what was going on, and, and, and they just don't give a flying rip no about anything but themselves anyway so we have the uh aquaman and godzilla and uh, you know what by the way uh i was a, it was a great trip it was i didn't you know it, those are just little passing uh commentaries yeah it didn't ruin your it's not as exciting as me talking about how happy i was to be able to drop by a store in a mediterranean village in italy and have them uh, tong some some white anchovies into a little plastic thing for me to eat right there on the street. Just waltz around. Man, that was the, that was one of. The, I mean, and, and I'm, I must be easily pleased, but boy, that was that was great. Never forget that white anchovies, people. It's the that's the food of the gods. So anyway, did you bring some back? No, uh, um, because you can't really bring. They don't. They oh, would not. They would frown upon you bringing. They, they, the one thing they ask you when you're coming back from Europe is, "Do you have any meat?" <laughs> I bet because they don't they don't like you know the smell. No, it's it's uh, whatever it is. They just don't like that into the chain. Oh, the uh, health who health organization. Probably. Well, the, 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 I mean, I'm talking about I'm talking about customs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you just you, you bringing you know trying to bring a, like a lamb shank from. Leg of lamb from Italy. They're not going to think. Nah, they're no. not going to do that. I think there must be something in the. Maybe you all can tell me the the. Um, there must be something in the, uh, in the, uh, some some kind of bacteria. I don't know. But even you can even. They didn't even ask me if I brought plants in. You know. Hmm. Um, so I, I, I. So sometimes you can't bring plants in from certain places, but they specifically asked me like from Italy. Coming in from Italy, they asked me if I brought, or we asked us if we were bringing any meat with us. Wow. I don't even have to think about that. I said, well, why are you asking me uh, if, I don't, if I have any yeah. meat? And they said, because you can't eat your pudding if you don't eat your meat. <laughs> How can you eat your pudding if you don't eat your meat? Ultraman. Aquaman versus Godzilla, King of the Monsters. It's changing. The mass extinction we feared has already begun. So, 
What do you think you're seeing when the mass extinction we feared has already begun? Let me start this from the very beginning again, okay? Here. Our world is changing. The mass extinction we feared has already begun. Is it a smokestack mill in Granite City? No. Oh. The kid is looking at an American flag. Uh, I was close. And we are the cause. <laughs> okay, DC. So this is this is the young left-wing Godzilla comic people speaking out. But but the but the but the trailer shows uh but uh, keep in mind though it's not like an uncommon thing or theme in in Hollywood or in theater productions or cartoons and that kind of thing to create this idea that man is ruining the planet. Remember the Bruce Dern movie with the robots? Yes. Um, it wasn't Soylent Green, but it was something else. Silent Running. Silent Running was a great movie. Okay, and Bruce Dern was fantastic. Is he still alive? I hope he's still alive. Yes. Okay, uh, but Silent Running was a great one because he, he he because of the ruination of the planet on the part of the Americans, not Americans, but on the part of the people, civilization. Uh, the uh, the the he had to like save these plants, and he created this little pod up in space or something. I can't remember how it was, but he had these little little. Uh, little robots with him and everything else. And one of the robots like died or something. Couldn't, couldn't believe how emotional it was when a robot died. Like a little one of his little robot things. And it died. I remember crying when Benji's little white Maltese buddy died. Like, but that's about it. I think it was, but it was so, so, so man's abuse of the planet isn't that unusual of a theme. It's ha- it goes all throughout... You know, and it's and it's not also beyond the realm of comprehension. Having just come back from Italy and and, and seeing the fall of Rome, I mean, people can people have 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 some people when left to their own devices have a tendency to kind of destroy themselves, right? You know what I mean? Bruce Dern is eighty two years old. Awesome, boy, he must have been a young man in Silent Running then. But anyway, this movie got the Godzilla. Basically, it's the the. Uh, the it's the humans are devastating the planet but in this case it's just the americans the world is changing kid looks at the american flag the mass extinction we feared has already begun and we are the cause we are the infection So, so at this point, then they're saying yes, but you know what? To keep you from extinction, we're going to have a big monster come out of nowhere and stomp on your house. Organisms, (laughs) the Earth unleashed a fever to fight this infection. Its original and rightful rulers, the Titans, for thousands of years. These creatures have remained in hiding around the world. It looks pretty interesting, actually. 
I, I don't, I'm not really necessarily offended by this, but this apparently no. is. But I, I think seeing the American, fl- I mean, I think seeing the American flag and acting as if the United States of America is the biggest enemy of the environment and causing of world animals extinction. everywhere. Yeah. And, if, and if you look at it, this is one of the myths that's being basically uh, uh, promoted by the Europeans and promoted some, in some cases, European left wing or whatever. And and by even the Chinese, for that matter, is that is that and and the and the fact that we're not part of this global warming agreement anymore is because nobody else was complying with it. We were spending millions and millions and millions of dollars complying with regulations installed by the world eco warriors in this in this green agreement that we were part of before that we the pair that we wound up leaving because it we were the only ones holding up our end of the bargain did you say green agreement or racketeering agreement well it was one of those and, and it, people attacked the president for opting out of it but the reality is and tearing it up but the reality is china wasn't doing anything no china was building more coal, coal plants not less while we were shutting coal plants down there was China creating coal plants. India. India, same thing. But these people were not complying. We were, we were putting Americans out of work to comply with these agreements. So that's why it's a little bit of a stretch to have to look at the, this trailer and see that, oh, I see the, the biggest problem that, uh, that, 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 our, that our world has is, is the Americans because of what we're doing to, to the land. And water, and and only and only Godzilla is the uh, is the thing that's going to help us. So Godzilla is trying to save. I never know if Godzilla is a good guy or a bad guy. Sometimes he's good, sometimes he's bad. So I guess this one he's bad. Kind of depends. Kind of like Batman to a certain degree too. Yeah, I always saw Batman as good though. You know? Oh yeah, just conflicted. He's human. going to get Jim Hoffa on the line here. Haven't talked to him in a while. Call him. Just tell him calling him about uh, five minutes. At some point, i got to use the bathroom for crying out loud. I hope they don't cut us off on Facebook. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, you're going you're gonna, to... You know what, what's going to happen is, folks, we're going to take a break just real quickly, and Matt is going to turn the music off on Facebook. You can keep the visual. He's going to turn the music off so that we don't get pulled off of Facebook, but on the stream, you can still hear it. Radio Free Almond live from the Discovery Design Studios. Thank you, Rick and Jerry Pogan, the rest of the gang over there.
All right, folks, we are back in the Discovery Design Studios. And don't forget, I'm going to pop in eventually, uh, maybe later on this week, to Santino Cigars and Cocktails right there off of Vogel Road in beautiful Arnold. Mike and Shannon, thanks so much. A lot of people, some people were even texting me from there. Uh, they, they, Scott and all was uh, hanging out there and said, this place is beautiful. And it really absolutely is. Maybe it I'll is. pop in on Friday to say hi. And we're, then we're going to have a happy hour uh, Radio Free Allman happy hour there at uh, the Santino Cigars and Cocktails. We were kicked off of Facebook, uh, but we're everybody getting back on there? Back on. Back on! Apparently, well, Matt was telling me that I chose the, the worst possible band I could choose for to try to avoid Facebook detection, and that's Metallica, who basically they're very protective of that. And I understand that as well. Uh, Tracy Ellis just texting me. Uh, again, really proud to be part of the Rick and Tracy Ellis team. It's kind of one of my uh, side deals that I'm doing. And uh, I, it's more than just a side deal. Eventually, I'm going to be um, continuing on, obviously, with Radio Free Almond and with uh, all that goes with it and ultimately hooking up with a, another radio station, ultimately when things get worked out yep. uh, in court. And Radio Free Almond in this venue will not be disappearing at all. It'll just be pushed into a radio Product on the dial. So Multi-platform. You'll, you'll have Stream, you'll have Facebook, and then you'll have Radio Dial once we get uh, all into it. But at the same time, I'm also going to be working on uh, – I've always wanted to do this, and I didn't have the time because I was doing TV at the time. And ultimately, we hope to be back on TV too. So ultimately, I hope to not have uh, much time at all. But I do have time. I'm going to be picking up my real estate license, buddy. Wow. I know. I know. I'll be in the market for a condo after the uh, divorce. Okay. Well, yeah. I'll set you up with one. Thank but you. But you know what? I won't be the one to set you up with one right now. If this happens, I'm going to refer you to Rick and Tracy Ellis who can find you anything. If you're a, if you're a, a, a business, if you're a residential individual and you want to buy, sell your home or buy, sell – a piece of property, uh, Rick and Tracy are going to be able to help you out. And you call me, and I'll hook you up directly with Rick and Tracy. So they're the ones who are going to handle your transaction. They're the ones who are going to do that. And I want you to call me. My number here is 314-309-0704. 309-0704. Leave me a message. I'll call you back. I'll get you hooked up directly with Rick and Tracy. And we are in the new copy of their brand new magazine. and Or not their brand new magazine, but their, their Rick and Tracy Ellis Show magazine, which they put together. They basically do this on their own and as a service to their people as well. And so ultimately, even I can put pictures of your place up on the Facebook page and everything else. And Rick and Tracy will treat every single transaction they do with you like it's their number one priority. That's why they are one of the most successful real estate teams in the St. Louis area, uh, Rick and Tracy Ellis, the Rick and Tracy Ellis team. And so I'm really proud to be part of them. Uh, com is the website, and uh, 309-0704 is my phone number. So go ahead and uh, get me hooked up there, 314-309-0704. In the meantime, I want to also let you know about another sponsor of the show. And by the way, this isn't Rick and Tracy sponsoring the show. It's me, them helping me out. We're eventually going to put them on Radio Free Almond uh, because they do a really great radio show over on 97.1. They do one on 590. 
And I'm going to do one here as well. So that's going to be great. But I want to let you know that my folks over at Mattress King, I don't know whether you guys know about the love and the the comfort of bamboo. These are bamboo-filled mattresses brought to you by my folks over at Mattress King. Uh, It definitely does. And it's by appointment. And the only reason they do this by appointment only, except they do open up their shop uh, on uh, Saturday for you to pop in. But during the week, they don't have to pay uh, for employees to run the store all day long and sit there and try to wow you with all kinds of weird electronic stuff you don't need for your mattress. What you want is a comfortable mattress. And the savings they pass on to you is unbelievably making these the lowest cost mattresses uh, that you can actually get. And they have them by eliminating the high overhead, they order direct from the factory and they can probably offer you up to 50% below what any of the retail stores are charging right now. And they plus they get you a one-on-one consultation with you and about anything that you happen to need. And uh, you're going to just basically make this happen Sunday through Friday by appointment. And for those of you who don't want to make appointment, they're open from Saturday from uh, 10 to 2. And so they do offer the Symbol Mattress uh, the Symbol mattress is a long-time mattress, 1961, and uses bamboo for the added comfort and everything else. So I want you to check them out there on Facebook, facebook.com slash king, And they're right there at uh, 3004 South St. Peter's Parkway Suite Q in beautiful St. Peter's. And you can give them a shout and get them, get them hooked up, get yourself hooked up there. And the number is 636 636- Six nine eight five one six seven six three six six nine eight five one six seven. And the reason why it's important for you to go to Mattress King or to do your business through Rick and Tracy or to go to Santino Cigars and Cocktails or if you are a fleet person to make sure you go to Discovery Design where you're going to have any every any truck built to your specifications or why you need to uh, seek out Dr. Naputi, Dr. Eric Naputi, for all of your health needs. Uh, these are people who are supporting Radio Free Almond. Ultimately, Golden Oak is just adding on to uh, a brand new frontier when it comes to supporting show. I'm really proud to have Gold Oak Lending uh, as part of the show, and we'll talk more about that down the line. But these people are keeping the radio-free almond product alive. It's the way we're able to pay the rent. It's we're able to way we're able to make some money here and there and to keep this product alive. And so I want you to be able to thank these folks. So for my money, there's no other place to go for a mattress than to Mattress King because they're supporting the show. There's no reason why you can't go to Santino Cigars and Cocktails to buy your bottle of liquor because he also will sell you a bottle of your favorite whiskey, your favorite gin, your favorite vodka. He has his own tequila, whatever. Or just go there and drink, have a cigar. There's no other place you need to go to get your trucks made and built up and your conveyors and you're a builder, you're a concrete mixer, you're a... You're a hauler, whatever it happens to be. Discovery Design is the only place you should go because Rick and uh, Jerry and the rest of the gang, they're huge supporters of the show, and they're one of the only reasons why uh, we continue to be on the air and ready to rock. So I want to make sure you guys know that these are people who – these are the reasons why you're getting all of this free 
And so I appreciate them. If you know anybody who wants to advertise on Radio Free Almond, believe me, our numbers are tops, if not equal to what they were before in Dinosaur Radio. There's no difference except access. And the one thing you can be sure of if you are a potential advertiser out there is that instead of sometimes radio stations, they get ratings just by having something on, just by being on. There's a meter, you know, whatever. With Radio Free Almond, you ha- the people who are listening to this show right now are people who have made an effort to listen to the show. They've downloaded the the app. They've gone on Facebook, and they're making an effort. That means their loyalty is beyond compare. They're they're just not listening to it because it happens to be the only thing on uh, or the only thing conservative on or whatever. They're focusing on the product, the brand, and what I bring to the table, what Stevie, what all my other co-hosts, all the other people bring to the table, all the guests, Justin Palatano, Jimmy Carafano, Jimmy Hoft, all those folks, uh, and Genevieve Wood and the rest of the gang. So let me, speaking of my guys, let me get uh, Jimmy Hoft on here real quickly and um, see if I can call him for our hit before we take off here. But really happy to be back with all of you from Italy. It was a wonderful trip. I can't say enough about how much I appreciate my mother and father-in-law, Don and Kathy Fallon, for taking us on the trip. It was really fun. The kids loved it, and we were 16 of us traveling over there in beautiful Italy, and it was a ton of fun. It's a memorable trip and was uh, lovely. had a great time. And the Italian population, the Italian people are fantastic. And as Jimmy Carafano pointed out, they love Americans, they love Trump, and they are tough as nails. And they don't like bull crap. They don't like any bull crap. And I will have to tell you, I can't say enough about how much I love the way they drive. They just are. And, you know, everybody – here's the thing. Like in, in the United States sometimes – because there are people who just don't see a need to cooperate. And again, Americans, by the way, are great people. And that's one of the reasons why Italians love Americans, because they admire you, you folks. But in other, because we're such a big country, we have a lot of different folks with different strokes, right, who don't really have seemingly work with a purpose or drive or walk or anything with a purpose – Everything in Italy, you're you're on your way. There's no dawdling. Uh, you're having fun, but you've got a mission, and that is to either have fun, be productive, get where you're going, ever else. And as long as you cooperate, as long as you operate in a realm, you don't have too many people who are all about themselves, which I notice is is uh, something that's different than sometimes how we are here. Like you, you, you'll never see a person like, for instance, uh, driving slowly in the left-hand lane just because oh. they're pissed off at the world and, and, and they want to be – because you, you get eaten alive doing that. Or enter a highway at 20 miles an hour. Yeah, right. I mean you just – you are just like going with the flow. And one of the things I also noticed is that there are no uh, – there are hardly any stoplights anywhere. And the ones the stoplights they do have are just to allow people to cross in a busy intersection. But generally, you know, they have the they have the uh the roundabouts and things like that and everything is kept moving and it's amazing how it 
how it works. It's like it's like kind of like if you were if an aerial view, you'd watch how ants are working. You know, it's like right. it's amazing how much flow. And there's there's you never see people pulled over by a cop on the side of the road. The police are doing what they are trained to do, which is what I think they should be doing here, which I think they would prefer to do, and that is just go about keeping the peace. And if something goes wrong, they're there. And if it doesn't, they're not just waiting for you to. Well, they don't have stop signs. So they're not waiting for you to just, you know, go 10 miles over the speed limit. And they do have situations where they have cameras and things that uh, if you're violating some kind of rule they have, they'll just send you a ticket. That's great. And, 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 that, and that's how it works. Now, uh, obviously, uh, we have issues with the red light cameras here, but we wouldn't have an issue with the red light cameras here if we didn't have so many damn red lights. Right. What was the... Uh for uh, Sam left Chief Dotson showed us that the real time center, yeah, with the, with yeah. the shots fired. So uh-huh. is that something similar? Italy yeah, has? they just don't have too many shots fired. Yeah, Italy. right. Yeah, you know, but it just it's just it's crazy to uh, to to see how well people get along. But you know, again, uh, we have a lot of diversity here with a lot of different people. You know, and there were bigger populations, so I understand those differences. But man, I tell you, it's it's a kind of a sight to behold over there. And, and and again, when I talk about the cops, it's not about disparaging the police here. But I, I I would venture to guess that there are every police officer you talk to, which would much rather not be tasked with. They do not want catching to do somebody traffic. going fifteen miles over the speed limit. Yeah. Uh, it just is. It's not something they enjoy doing. They hate it. Yeah, you know, or ha- having to do other kind of. I don't know. I just think it's sometimes it's well, busy let, them with. Let's say that St. Louis City and St. Louis County police departments hate doing traffic. Well, and you know, I think some of these other guys do too. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure I'm, the, the guy sitting there off of 170 probably doesn't want to be there any more than we want him there. No, I mean, he'd rather be doing what he was trained to do, not not pulling somebody over for a a, a minor traffic violation. You know what I'm saying? Let's call Jim Hoff. See what he's up to. Good morning this morning. Uh... Hello, this is Jim. I'm sorry I missed your call. Oh, Please come on. I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Oh. Thanks. Okay, Jim. Bye, Jim. Bye, Jim. At the tone, please record your message. Okay. When you've finished recording, you may hang well up or press 1 for more options. Hey, Jimmy. Sorry I didn't text you right back, man. But if you can be on the show, just uh, give me another shout. And uh, we will do that. Uh, we'll get you back on. or Otherwise, we'll just get you on tomorrow. So that's fine. Thanks, buddy. Looking forward to talking to you again. See you, man. Do you ever have the people where they have their phones and their messages? Hello? I can't come to the phone right oh. now, but if you leave your name and number, I'll get back to you right away. Who did that? <laughs> I think Smash had a greeting like that for a while. He's like, Hello? Hello? <laughs> I think that's actually yeah. That's actually kind of funny in its yeah. own in, in its own uh, in its own obnoxious way, you know. Yes. Let me see here. You see Chris Hayes. These, this is a very uh, in speaking about in, like Americans when they try to do something good for the environment. Basically, a lot of it's gratuitous kind of stuff. Like, it, like when we were driving to the airport yesterday in Rome. Uh, they had these gigantic, I mean, they had gigantic solar panels 
that were powering office buildings and all that kind of stuff. And and there's a market for it over there for whatever reason. And I think a part of it has to do with our government regulations. Uh, part of it has to do with the fact that we, there's just not quite the aptitude, uh, the appetite for it here yet. But generally, there's just a a there's not a there's a not a marketplace for solar power here. That's why like Solyndra had to use government money for it. Everything else, and also for instance, over in Europe, there's a lot of people on motorcycles. Or are they BMWs over there? Uh, Hondas, Hondas, a lot of Hondas, okay. a lot of BMWs though. Uh, and but but more more like the and and again what I was pointing out too is one of the reasons why I think President Trump should be celebrated today instead of denigrated in the aftermath of the European Union caving to his threats is that contrary to what people might think, what he's doing is he's opening the markets for people like Harley Davidson over there. If Harley would only put together a good marketing strategy for their street bikes, which they just haven't done. But part of that reason is because the Europeans have been taxing our exports. So in a place like Italy, where everybody ought to be driving a Harley street bike, they don't because they tax our exports so much. That's going to end. So if Harley can step up and put together a good street bike that they can sell over in Europe – Knock yourselves out. President Trump is the one who's going to allow you and help you do that. That's the bottom line. That's how it's all going to work. That's how it's going to happen. And so in Italy, for instance, uh, the we would have – if we had the kind of motorbiking that they had in Italy, it wouldn't work. You know why? Why? Because there are too many stoplights. There are too oh. many. There are too, and, and and there are too many restrictions on the roads that make it viable for you to be a motorcyclist in the United States of America. Because 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 part of the art of being able to run around in Europe on a motorcycle is to is to is to keep going. If 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 you're a cyclist and you had to stop at every stoplight on King's Highway. You imagine that, like for instance, a King's Highway in Italy would have no stoplights on it, and roundabouts, and roundabouts, and you just had when people all would be going this way. Now, if you had if you had that many cycles running in, in the United States of America, that you wouldn't be able to do it because they'd be stopping every every ten seconds. Right, one hundred and nine's figuring that out between Eureka yeah, and yeah. I mean, it it definitely works. It's definitely one one of those things. So, uh, and and by the way, the only people we saw bicycling, I'm talking about bicycling in in the middle of a street, yeah, was a stupid little Dutch family that you know clearly didn't get it. Uh, That this is not you know this is not Holland, okay. Get the hell – get your bike off the road. This is for the, – the, the road is for cars and motorcycles. Was it green, the bicycle? Was it lime green and yellow? I don't know. <laughs> no. But, but, but there – on these roads over there, you'd never see someone like you do on Clayton Road, a group of four people basically or even one person pedaling – 
and holding up traffic. It just wouldn't happen. And of course, the, the minute you crab about this, you get, you get grief from the cyclists. Oh, we're saving energy. We're saving the planet. How dare you, you and your big SUV? And we're like, all right, get off the road. Okay? But they'd never do it over. And I, I, that was, we, we got behind like one family. Like there was in this little like this village, and then there's the streets are narrow there, and uh, and but they're narrow here too. Well, there's no shoulders. There's no huge shoulders over there. Right. Here's the deal, and and this is going to make a lot of people who ride bicyclists and cyclists angry. Bicycles have no business in the middle of a street. When are we going to get that through our heads? That. On Clayton Road, to me, there should be no place for a bicycle riding down Clayton Road. Telegraph Road. There is a bike path up and down Telegraph between 255 all the way down to Jeffco. It, the bike path is as wide as a studio on yeah. the far right. Yeah. I, well, I mean, well, if you want to be, if it's a bike path, fine. If it's but, Clayton Road, why, why are you pedaling down Clayton Road? Why are you pedaling down Telegraph? That, that... <laughs> I don't know. But Chris Hayes, though, over at MSNBC, see, he's got the – he rides his bicycle. He's so smart. He, and he's better than you are, so shush. That's right. Quiet. But much better than you are. Climate change is the biggest governing challenge we face. It's the biggest governing challenge I think we've ever faced. One way or another, we're going to have to dramatically reduce the amount of carbon we're putting in the atmosphere. But to Chris Matthews, Chris Hayes' credit, he's actually riding in a bicycle area. He, he's, not, he's not riding on the road. So in his defense, okay. at least he's, right. you know, he's deciding that, okay, I'm going to save the planet, but I'm not going to be a pain in the ass while I'm doing it. He's just going to show up at work like a big sweaty pig. And the pig. scale and scope of that undertaking is every bit as transformational as the Industrial Revolution or the transition. He's actually he's riding instead his bicycle on a busy sidewalk in New York City. Yes, he has. To the digital age. And you can think about that as terrifying, or you can think about it as thrilling. Eee. Yeah, I don't know. at least he's trying. Um, I ride a bike, but like at Grant's Trail in Afton or in Chesterfield behind St. Louis Family Church. A bike trail with my helmet. You- mongoose. I, I got a mongoose again, just like I do when I was 10. Do you um, go ahead? Do you have an outfit? <laughs> it's not tight. No. Is it loose? In an Pretty, outfit? It's yeah. It's like gym shorts and. Oh, okay. I was just wondering. I was wondering whether, I was wondering whether it had the the colors on it and those kind of. Things. No, I no. It's just like what I would wear to the gym. I see. When I often go to the gym. The guys that the guys that amuse me are the ones that have the outfits and they shave their legs, even though they even though they don't even though they really don't like competitively bike or anything like that. And right. Plus, I don't think I I don't think there's any reason to shave your legs, even if you are a competitive biker. What if you're really, 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 really hairy? Well, 
disgustingly hairy. Well, I mean, maybe people do that, but I, but I'm I'm, I'm saying I'm saying the guys who like who who bike, yes, and and they shave their it. legs, yeah, and I and and, and I, is it, they shave their legs because what the hair slows them down does it? Oh, the aerodynamics of hair. Oh, it studies have proven over the years about men's hair <laughs> and biking and how it slows it down. I mean, that's the first thing they talk about in the Olympics and the Tour de France is I, yeah, their shaved legs. I, I think there are guys who only ride bicycles just so they can shave their legs. That's weird. Yeah. Is it any weirder than shaving your legs, period? No. Okay. Which I don't. I know you. I wasn't. Why do you think? Why do you keep acting like I'm accusing you of shaving your legs? I'm not. Okay. I'm just saying that that that's the weird thing about me is these guys who like do the weekend riding. You know, they're the ones you kind of yeah. get behind when you're trying to do something on a Saturday morning, and they're out <laughs> with their group. Yes, I've seen the group, and they're and their shiny <laughs> legs. Somebody accused me of shaving when I was doing my live from Kansas Jeff, City. Jeff King. I'm just uh, not very hairy all the time. Jeff, Jeff Keen at Cool Fire Media, his editor is a uh, competition bike rider. Mm. Um, I don't, but I, we have to ask him, we have to ask Eric Stanley if he shaves his legs for such events. Did you see what happened when Caitlin Collins, the White House reporter, I, I'm glad, I'm glad Trump did this. I don't, I don't see this as an end to the First Amendment or a threat to the First Amendment. I, I cue the whole, all the stories about all the journalists killed in third world countries, right? Happens every time President Trump says anything remotely negative about the media. And so the, the shave leg police coming to get you. <laughs> so the Caitlin Collins decides that it's going to be her prerogative just simply to shout questions at the president when, during during a formal event or what have you, and what they did was they basically kicked her out. They yeah. said they said they said we're not going to you know uh, we're not we're not going to allow this anymore. I, I and I, I hope that that happens to Jim Acosta at some point where they just, just right. shouting question at, at these at these events when the reality is all they're doing is shouting them. And the president can't even hear them, right? For their for their own purposes. So, uh, Chris Matthews decides. And, and by the way, it was disappointing that Fox News decided this was going to be their crusade too. They decided that they were going to uh, take this as their issue to defend the First Amendment and beyond. So Matthews though takes it even even further to try to couch this into some kind of uh, sign of a dictatorial. Regime. But the bottom line is, this is a president who is so sensitive to criticism that he can only live within his own echo chamber. And this, of course, comes as he. Can- yeah, by the way, see how. Fu- and this is Chris Matthews in this panel of people who I've never heard of. But imagine somebody shouting at Barack Obama while he's doing something, and it was somebody from Fox News. You're just doing that because he's the first black president. Show him some respect, right? Right. Right used to attack the press as the White House is barring reporters from events as he was telling people just yesterday, don't listen to or believe uh, what you hear in the news. So it's just, yeah, uh, the, the very fact that the media, it's so funny how they're being criticized. Like, like the fact that we say don't believe everything you hear in the news is some kind of affront to them. 
Like they they, they, they got they got they got to scroll out the entire list of journalists killed in Guatemala and South Africa. When when we say don't believe everything you read and hear in the news, I'll do a sports analogy on this. So uh, the manager Schilt took the kid out in the seventh inning, right for the no hitter. What if Bernie McLaz or anybody in the press box started yelling questions at the manager during the game? What would happen to them? And there would be no argument. They'd be thrown out. I mean, they, it's just journalism. It's professional protocol in the media. There's a time and place that you'll have your opportunity to ask the White House or the president a question. This or any event is not that time. Shut your damn mouth. Why is it just so hard for people to conform and, and, and just to be part of a system that we've been using for a long time now in terms of questioning? President Trump is one of the most accessible presidents we've had in the past two decades. Right, the guy, the guy's walking to Air Force uh, to to the chopper to Marine One, and he'll stop in the driveway and talk to people. There are plenty. It, the The fact that that journalists don't have opportunities to ask President Trump a question is crazy. It, it was worse under Obama, and that you didn't get any complaints sure about was. that. You'd have people shouting or anything else, but President Trump is always making himself accessible to reporters. He has these big open cabinet meetings where people can ask him questions while he's sitting there for crying out loud. So how is it possible that this guy is the, the main enemy of the news media when he's the most accessible? The news media have become addicted to themselves. They want to be the story. Just look at ABC's headline oh because of what we reported last night yeah trump did this i uh i did i was gone you mentioned sports i was gone when Matheny was fired how'd that go over not well i mean because everyone's pointing the finger at Mosaloc. i mean what what can Matheny do and now we got a manager that takes a kid out who's going to make major league baseball history to throw a no hitter in his first time pitching in the majors, and he took him out just because, oh, we, we all knew he couldn't throw it. Well, okay. What but, inning did he take him out in? Seventh? Yeah. Wow. He's throwing a no-hitter? Yes. Hmm. First time pitching starting in the majors. Wow. So What I, was the score? Uh, it was pretty – it was like Something one nothing. Something to zero, right? One nothing. Wow. One to zero. Um, That's amazing. Yeah, so I, I don't think this is just the beginning, I hope. I think we should do everything we can to get um, Jeff Lunau back from the Astros. Yeah, you got to pay him a lot of money. Yeah. He's, but here's the thing, though. I was wondering about this while well, I had heard about this while I was overseas. And has there any, ever been a team in the history of baseball – that has gone to the playoffs with an interim manager or after a manager has been fired mid-season? Mm. I mean, s- s- the only thing I could possibly think of is with the Yankees and when Billy Martin was going in and out a lot. See if somebody might know on Facebook. I'll, I'll put the Facebook back on, but we got to get going here. But still, I want to say Yogi Berra may have was interim. And they went to the playoffs with him when Billy Martin got fired. But that's the only. Um... Okay. I don't know whether my face is. It, is this? I need to catch up on the Facebook thing. So do you all know? Oh, what did I do here? 
Oh, I must that must have been cut off. Okay, what did, what did they do here? Sorry, you guys. This is horrible radio. Just trying to catch up here. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't. I'm, I'm kind of lost on my Facebook page. I think we got cut off, and then we had to put another one back on. So part two on. So uh, forgive me. So has anybody? Oh, here. Let me just see. I'm I'm back on my regular stream here. Uh, let's see. Yeah, he was sent back to the miners after the game. Uh, let's see. Okay, says Margaret. Thank you, Margaret. Hi, Rebecca. Hi, Sarah. Uh, so no, five times. Oh, five times. Five times. Um, Jim Tracy. He replaced uh, Kurt uh, Hurdle. What year for was the Rockies? Two thousand nine. Okay. Two. Thousand Brewers, Dale Swaim. Yep. Okay. He replaced uh, Ned Yost. Uh, Two thousand four, Phil Garner replaced Jimmy Williams. Hmm. Uh, the Marlins in 03, Jim McKeon. I remember that. Uh, Jeff uh, Torborg. Yeah. Um, in ninety six, Bill Russell when he replaced Tommy Lasorda in the middle of the season. Oh wow! Okay. Did Lasorda get sick or? I don't know. Yeah. Um, but so, so, so I it did. Thought the Yankees, though, for sure. So it did. So it did happen. Okay, in, in modern history, yeah, that like eighteen ninety eight. Oh. You know, or long like, stockings, coach. Or like I said, you know, it was, Billy Martin was a revolving door yeah. with Steinbrenner back in the day. All right. Well, then, okay. I mean, it's it's, it's possible, but it just doesn't seem with the Cardinals. So I don't know. Matheny was. Uh, I, there must have been something else going on. That uh, that that precipitated that. I think uh, there was a certain level of uh, Cardinal fans getting a little bit a uh, little bit restless, but who knows? Yeah, we're used to winning. I mean, you can you can lose for a few years and still kind of float. I hear, but once you start seeing empty seats, yeah, not a time to no. time to bring out the midgets. Jeff Lunau, let's call Joe Girardi. Bring back Bill Vec. See what he has to say. Vern Rapp. <laughs> I think I think Mozalek has done a really good job, though. I like, I, but I, I think Jeff Lunau did a great job yeah. when Jockety left. Yeah, and we're now seeing the effects of no Jeff Lunau. Let me turn on the music so you can... What, what are you saying again? I'm just... We're just now seeing the effects of when Jeff... I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Turn the rope. What were, you, what were you saying again? No, I'm serious. Uh, we're now seeing the effects of a no Jeff Luna Cardinal. Thank you, Steve Church, for coming in. Uh, my condolences to you. We'll talk about more of this uh, tomorrow, maybe. Your death of your sister. You had a hard you. week. You didn't no. didn't know about that until I came in this morning. So we need to talk more about that a little yeah. bit and catch up on stuff. But thank you with you and your family. And Appreciate it. <laughs> All right, folks. Have a great rest of your day, everybody. Thank you very much. Happy to be back and glad, especially, to be back with you. RadioFreeAlman.com. Don't forget, we have those brand new colors in the tanks. Thanks to Gia Valeni and her great ideas. 
And thank you all very much. We'll be back tomorrow. RadioFreeAlman.com. Thank you to Discovery Design. DiscoveryDesignInc.com. All kinds of innovations for your lovely fleet of trucks. And Rick and Jerry Pope, great friends of the Almond brand. So I appreciate you guys very much. Have a good one.